the stage is set. Super Bowl 58 is only, oh, what, 36 hours away. The Chiefs and 49ers will do battle in Las Vegas, the second biggest event that's about to happen in the next month in Las Vegas. Of course, <laughs> first round of rugby league, not too far away. We're going to look back at uh, the AFC and NFC Championship games how the teams got there. We'll uh, we'll also preview the big game uh, and have a quick look at Taylor Swift markets. <laughs> Wrap up the <laughs> NFL Player Awards. Lamar did uh, close to unanimously win the NFL MVP. We'll look at all the other awards. NBA, the final moves just before the trade deadline. Uh, we've got all the trade news. Plus, Joel Embiid, his knee injury essentially rubs him from being the MVP. It uh, it's the Joker's for the taking, and the All Star mm. Weekend is fast approaching. Bit of cricket, the shortest ODI ever in Australia, just down the road at Monica Oval. Plus, the male Matildas bow out in the quarters of the Asian Cup at the hands of South Korea. Liverpool slip up uh, against Arsenal, which adds a lot of spice to this title race in the EPL. Plus a final round, which includes the UFC 298 preview, Volk taking on Ilya Tapuria, F1 News, Lewis Hamilton over to Ferrari, and uh, as aforementioned, footy season just around the corner. This is On The Esky, a sports podcast. We like our Aussie sports, we like our US sports, and we like to have a laugh and a dribble. Do have time stamps, you can skip to the sports that you want to watch or just watch the whole damn thing. And check us out on uh, Instagram and socials. We'd like to start the show by shouting a beer. Shauna, who would you like to shout a beer this week? Uh, I'm going to go with less of a sporting figure, slightly is, but I, I think for a lot of people, um, very recognisable as a, um, I guess, a, 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 I'm going to say sporting figure, but a, someone that, you know, brought people interest in um, sports, athletics, etc. So, and I'm shouting a beer, of course, for Carl Weathers, uh, who unfortunately passed away during the week. At the tender age of 76, um, famous, of course, for being in Rocky, playing Apollo Creed many times, and, of course, being in Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then most recently he's been doing uh, some Star Wars um, episodes, Mandalorian, etc. cetera. Uh, so, you know, I thought it would be worth mentioning Carl Weathers, you know, played linebacker a little bit for the Raiders in the early 70s, I think it was. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was... One worth mentioning for a lot of young fellas that obviously have watched Rocky, saw the battles up against Apollo Creed, um, get you interesting in some boxing. Interesting one. I actually had no idea that mm. he had an NFL background. Mm-hmm. I only knew him as a, as an actor. Uh, for me, uh, obviously, Apollo Creed and uh, and the Dylan, you son of a bitch. The, the, <laughs> best, <laughs> the best handshaker yeah. just going in on, on uh, Arnie's biceps. So... <laughs> Rest in peace, Carl Weathers, and uh, enjoy a, uh, a cold one up there, uh, courtesy mm. of the Esky. It was a bit interesting finding out because um, he played for John Madden at the time for uh, the Raiders. Yeah. And he, he played basically one season, you know, about eight games he started for them. Um, but he was cut because he was too sensitive, was what Madden had told him. Really? So, too sensitive. Yeah, I guess uh, NFL in the 70s was a bit different. Um, so he, he basically asked straight out of that. Went straight into acting and his acting career, and I, his fourth movie was Rocky. That really, I, I guess, kicked off his um, his acting career. How funny yeah. those sensitivities uh, actually aided him in, in becoming a, <laughs> a legitimate actor. And uh, yeah, maybe Madden thought he uh, he wasn't cut out for the NFL, but he clearly was cut out for acting. So uh, enjoy a cold run up there, Carl Weathers, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to shout a a beer or a, a uh, green cordial. Or a green cordial. This uh, this bloke is certainly underage. There's uh, there's a few that are sort of borderline that we've shouted before. This this bloke definitely 100%. Needs, to, <laughs> needs to have a green cordial, but he deserves a green cordial after an outstanding effort over in South Africa in an under 14s match. I'm talking about Josh Anderson. He made 357 not out. He had to retire with uh, 11 overs to go. So he made 357 in 40 overs. So he must have been absolutely uh, smash, smashing the opposition <laughs> to all, all corners of the park. Uh, and there's a photo that's doing the rounds of, of social media with him, bat raised, a little bit of sweat in the head. You know, it doesn't seem like he's been been labouring like Dean Jones or, <laughs> mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm, someone that's mm-hmm. that's been out there for hours and hours and hours, but he does have 357 not to his name, so an incredible effort. Uh, I think 357 runs is more than I made in my entire junior career. I think uh, he's done that in in one in one um, uh, session out in the middle. So well done, Josh Anderson. Keep an eye on that name, uh, uh, yeah. listeners, because. Certainly could be playing for South Africa in just a few years' time. So enjoy your green cordial, courtesy of the Esky, Josh Anderson. Did you have a, any reason why he retired? Just to let the others have a bat? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, well yeah. I, 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 I swear go. when we used to play, you had to retire at 50. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, let him keep going, let him keep going. Well, yeah. he's seen him like beach ball. This let is his seventh go. 50. Uh, maybe, maybe we need to let, let uh, some of the other kids have a go. Yeah. That old participation award. <laughs> Gosh, incredible. Yeah. Uh, Max, you got one? Yeah. Uh, no, not really. So, I mean, obviously, um, perhaps you shouted um, an under 14-year-old. Mm. Sean, you you shouted an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a bit quiet in the sporting scenes the last couple of weeks, so I figured I'd probably just go straight to the mop of the week. Straight to the mop. Oh, Let's straight, go. What straight to the mop. mop. So for the mop um, – Reoccurring from last potty, we've got the F1 back in the spotlight again. Uh, this team time, names. yep, we're looking at team names. So, um, Steak, uh, Steak Sauber, the, uh, is in hot water at the moment with Steak being the main sponsor, not holding a license within Switzerland, um, which is where um, Sauber is nice. headed. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that they are being investigated by the casino or gambling commission <laughs> of the country. Uh, so I think it has a little bit to do with they're not allowed to advertise mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. So they're getting investigated, meaning that uh, Sauber, which was the first team I believe last season to make their team change, team name changes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is now dropping their main sponsor from their team name wow. um, at the moment. So yeah, bit of a bit of a weird one there. Um, I didn't fully understand what was going on until I had to read through a few news articles. But yeah, I think it's it also has something to do with the whole fact that I think Steak is probably going to be the main sponsor for when Sauber is then bought out by Audi, mm-hmm. which is a German company, mm-hmm. um, I believe. Uh, so yeah, it's just a bit of a mess. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a two season sort of deal. I'm assuming. Um, until 2026 when Audi will take over probably the name rights of that team. So oh, I'm assuming That's they it. would have got a decent amount of cash kickback to be on the – on the on the, um to have stake Oz the team name. So yeah. I'm assuming that's going to really hurt their bottom line a little bit after losing the Alfa Romeo so. deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting times. Um, they did go with a very interesting green, green-coloured car with, of course, the carbon fibre, but – I didn't um, mind it. It was yeah. probably one of the first 
cars revealed. There was a yes. few other probably mop-worthy storyline <laughs> in the F1 in the last yeah. couple of weeks. Uh, um, we can talk about those later on. Yeah. So as we'll talk about it later on then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unusual for the F1, they're normally uh, all over their shit, but yeah, it seems like there's going to be a bit of a legal battle uh, ongoing here. What do you quite what, possibly while we're on this? What do you think about some of the gambling in sport, uh, especially you know uh, Australians? They get the 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 rappers being the degenerate uh, sports gamblers, <laughs> like we're the top pedestal for sports gambling. It's um, but I think with so my point, yeah. but with lead up to the Super Bowl, I've seen it more in other areas. So anything that targets, I guess, that um, uh, 21 to 35 age demographic is getting, you know, DraftKings ads lit and it, things like that. Like I'm seeing yeah. it on YouTube all over the place. Mm. Like they're just getting content creators. They're oh. focusing on that groups and like, hey, uh, do a do a placed ad in the middle of it for our DraftKings thing. And I'm like, fuck, I'm kind of getting sick of it. But you know, <laughs> we're also very used to it here because <laughs> it's almost in every ad session is uh, there's a sports bet or um, – that's it. You know, bet with mates and all sorts of different kind of gimmicks. To I definitely think. But I see it more now with the American audience yeah. kind of getting into like how yeah. we expand it to get it to everyone. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, obviously going to see the advertising of gambling companies whenever you're watching sport. I think mm-hmm. as they've pushed more into social media and how um, they've used social media and how that's translated back into mainstream media with like sort of the meme worthy sort of advertising sort of. Um, joking memes or whatever um, has made it more relatable so it's probably more awareness. I think big gambling companies sponsoring teams is probably a little bit on the nose. Um, Well, I I guess Visa Cash App is slightly different but uh, (laughs) it's still such a gross, (laughs) gross name. But it's – Yeah, the directly – like the the gambling side of it, I I know that they're – They've got their Super Bowl in Vegas and they it's one of the biggest um, weekends for betting uh, in total. But it, it's it, to me it just seems like over the top because like for us, sports betting, for the Australian sports betting is on Australian TV. You get it a lot on the free to air and I guess for us on our streaming services, which is KO is the main one. But I guess for the, the US market, they, they broaden that. It's not just focused on I guess your cable TV. It's like um, – They've got avenues into like they will spend money. We'll do YouTube ads. We'll do heaps mm. of YouTube ads, and mm. we'll pay creators. You know, all our different influencers and shit to be able to do it. it. Just seems like it's a magnitude more than what we, even what we expect. It just yeah, it seems like a lot. It's strange, isn't it? Because we've been so accustomed to gam- gambling <laughs> and and advertising. We were, we, we were joking about the Volk video um, from Sportsbet yeah, the other day, which a little video, it's a classic it little video. Um, but yeah, the same. And obviously something's changed in the legislation over there in a few states in in recent years and Americans will do it bigger and better than anyone and then you've just seen this incredible saturation of all the advertising. Uh, And, yeah, they know their target audience, they know who's watching and they know that's the the best way to go about things. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they don't do things in halves, the Americans, that's for sure. Um, And, yeah, like you said, it's it's nearly getting to the point where even as a sports fan or, or, you know, I I like to have a little flutter. You boys are kind of interested on the the odds but less so probably on the gambling side of things. Yeah, but when I'm I'm watching sports, like I expect some sports gambling. But But when I'm watching it other shit. It's (laughs) non-stop, isn't it? Yeah, I'm watching a 
dude doing up car stuff on YouTube and mm. then he's just like, hey, I know it's a big weekend, get your DraftKings draft out. And I'm just <laughs> like, fuck me, it's, it's gone a lot mm. further than I thought. Yeah. But that's the demographic. Like it's it's yeah. targeting me like it works. It's definitely there but it's – I mean it's, yeah, it's I weird. suppose, yeah, like you said with the legislative change, it's an emerging market like – It's huge. You yes. have to hit a hard I think, and fast or else you're just going to lose your market But share, it's like so. it's something with their culture that is yeah. specifically different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you look at yeah. the, the – this is we're going deep here, but we're going the, far, the, far, <laughs> it's, it's the pharmaceutical advertising True. when you're watching yeah. when yeah, you're watching yeah, yeah. American TV and it's you're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I, I don't want to take this, you know, erectile dysfunction pill yes, because no, I don't of need the bio. 18 side effects that I just heard about. <laughs> yeah. that, you could die in 18 different ways. Yeah, and it's just, obviously it's a culturally different thing. Yeah. Like they just yeah. once they're allowed to do something and advertise, they just mm. go fucking ham. Yeah. and you're, we're seeing it now with with. Uh, sports betting mm. and sports gambling. Yeah, I saw, I saw people something we haven't seen, you know, over there. It's only something that's that's novel and 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 recent mm. since they've changed legislation in in uh, in only some states as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I've, it's not all the states, but I think there's a significantly more portion of the states that have allowed sports gambling recently than uh, the other way around. Um, but I think I've seen a lot of people, some Yanks um, talking about, hey, are we importing some of the Australian gambling hype? But I think, like you say, the, yes, they are. And then they're times it by yeah. a, a thousand mm-hmm. to, to what they are. So be, I think the viewership numbers for the Super Bowl uh, are going to be amazing. I think it's probably the biggest, one biggest one ever. Yeah. Uh, I think that'll follow with the most gambling ever spent on a sporting yeah, event. 100%, 100%. And those numbers will blow people's minds. Yep. Segway, let's go, Dean. Let's do it. It's the start of the show. Let's talk about some NFL football. Oh, he broke his ankles. Uh, Super Bowl 58 is upon us. The Chiefs will take on the 49ers. It is a rematch of uh, Super Bowl 54. We're going to get stuck into the preview in just a second, but let's go back and see how the teams uh, uh, came here. The Chiefs had to do it the hard way. They had to go to Buffalo the week before and win in that incredibly cold game. They did it. Then they go to uh, Baltimore mm-hmm. and they beat the Ravens at MTNT Bank Stadium. Uh, cold, but not as cold as as the, the previous weeks. That's six consecutive AFC Championship games for the Chiefs. Uh, they've won four of them, uh, mm-hmm. and the only person, or the only two quarterbacks, I should say, that's that's beaten them. Uh, uh, Tom Brady, you might have heard of him, and and uh, Joe Burrow. So pretty incredible run the Chiefs were on here. Yes. Let's look at the game. The Chiefs absolutely marched down the field on their first drive. Uh, Travis Kelsey, significant other of uh, of Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. uh, getting into the end zone. We're going to talk about Travis because – I think he broke the playoff reception record. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if he took the touchdown record as well. He's from, got a, a from bunch – From Brady. So. Yeah, a bunch of postseason records well, now. And I think his connection with Patty um, like yeah. broke the Brady and Gronk connections as well in playoffs. So, yeah – Statistically, probably greatest ever tied in. I think he certainly in the conversation, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, like I th- maybe some of those really big records that um, Gonzalez has um, yeah. might be a the longevity bit. kind of stuff. Like, yeah, the longevity kind of stuff. But yeah, for talent at tight end, he's um, been great, and it's only really been the say the middle to back end of his career where he's had Patty Mahomes. So mm. he also had uh, you know many years where. Um, has he been in Kansas City his whole time? So yeah, yeah I don't think he's played anywhere him, else. So yeah. 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 
it's interesting as well because we're talking about it being a down year for him in, mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. his his stats. Yep. Uh, just pulled up short of a thousand on the on the season. Just the five receiving touchdowns. I think that's the least since his rookie year. Yep. Uh, but he's heating up at the right time <laughs> yeah. because he had a touchdown in this one, uh, the first touchdown, and uh, he had two the week before in Buffalo. Um, we'll have a look at his numbers when we preview um, the, the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, mm-hmm. but certainly in the GOAT conversation and certainly getting hot at the, the right time of the year. Yep. Mm. Zay Flowers evened it up, uh, made it seven uh, apiece uh, there in the first quarter. Chiefs get the uh, go-ahead with Isaiah Pacheco before the half to go up 14-7. Uh, it was pretty funny seeing Lamar Jackson doing the old Nelson Muntz, mm-hmm. throwing mm-hmm. it to himself. You don't see it a whole lot in the NFL. This was incredible uh, showcase of Lamar's uh, talent and natural ability. Yeah, Ball gets I, batted down at the line, pops up, he catches it, and like nothing, yards, yeah, yeah. nothing's happened, 13 yards. Uh, thanks for coming. I saw bunch of like Tom Brady jokes with G- Giselle was protecting him, saying like he can't pass to himself and then you know, cuts the little <laughs> Lamar passing to himself and run for 15. So he's Watch a different beast. <laughs> um, it was 17-7 Chiefs at halftime. Uh, we kind of had the feeling that it might have turned into a bit of a shootout. It was completely mm-hmm. opposite in the second half and we have to talk about the, the Kansas City defense when we preview the Super Bowl. Uh, those Zay Flowers mistakes certainly costly. Yep. Uh, the the yeah. fumble on the goal line, the well, taunting. Well, Snee, um, I think it was the, the difference there. Mm. Um, it, well, one, he knocked that ball out to prevent the touchdown. Yeah, Bees uh, Dick short, short of the goal well, line. Which probably ties his game up and sends it to overtime. Um, but, you know, that was, I guess, the difference. And I feel like the Ravens probably played the worst game they had all year. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, with blown assignments and also penalties. Um, it was interesting going into this that the referee crew was also well known for the as the only referee crew in the NFL that gives the home team uh, penalizes the home team more than it does the away team. Mm. Um, so, which of course happened in this game. Read uh, yeah. conspiracies. Uh, yeah, well, the, the script uh, to get ch- the Chiefs, the well Taylor Swift <laughs> to the Super Bowl. You know, all, all that sort of chat. We've got to talk about that because there's, <laughs> I, I, I'm not one to tinfoil hat and then well, have you seen, in on it. Blah, have blah, you seen blah. the joke that the head, the CEO for CBS has come out and said, I've seen the script. Uh, it's a double overtime game for the Super Bowl. So everyone's just like, if it goes to double overtime, it's just going to blow up. But, you know, he's tongue in cheek joking <laughs> that, hey, it's scripted, but. I'll, I'll believe that aliens are real yeah. before I believe the NFL is scripted. Yeah. But, but, you know, <laughs> Taylor Swift in a rookie year going to the Super Bowl. Cheers. Like, you know, what have but, they written? What have they sorted out? You have to think about down here, right, on our free-to-air television, which yeah. is beautiful, and you should all tune in to <laughs> free-to-air to get your U.S. sports news said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, how much intrigue is there down under because Taylor Swift is oh, involved? How, how, uh, how much intrigue worldwide, worldwide yeah. especially with an entirely different demographic than usual, Imagine is in, interested in, in, in the NFL. In Asia, for example, yeah. Taylor's over in, J- in Japan at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how much Japanese. intrigue that brings in for, for the Asian market, the European yeah. market. Was it the Japanese embassy that released a statement or the US embassy in Japan released a statement saying, yes, we can confirm that Taylor Swift will be able to make a flight from Japan Japan. to Las Vegas and still make the game. No visa troubles? No. (laughs) (laughs) She's going back to her home country, so I don't think so. Yeah, true. She jets all over the place. She's a a PJ fan. The fact that you've got – She's suing the dude that tracks her plane (laughs) around at the moment because she uses a private jet a lot. So – Anyway. Anyways, I'm, I'm not one to 
buy into the rhetoric <laughs> normally, but uh, it is an interesting story and it's kind of a, a, a statement on modern society, yeah. isn't it, that one person can garner so much uh, intrigue uh, for, for an event, you know, in a mm. sporting arena where lots and lots and lots of eyeballs are on it already. But the fact that a global megastar is dating one of the players mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. puts it even more on the map, uh, probably more so outside of the US market. Obviously, it's big for the US, US market. It's big market. But yeah. outside, it's yeah, even, definitely. She's you know, a global it's a, sensation. It's a big thing. Yeah, People have been tracking how she affects economies to various countries when she shows up. And, like, it's a significant boost for... Mm. For all the things, because um, people you know, want to get it to events, spend, and etc. So uh, yeah, she's a billion dollar um, you know, industry in a, in herself. So yeah, it's a, it's a love story with the cash money. <laughs> That's pretty uh, bad. So to finish on this, a, yeah, AFC game. I think um, I wasn't Lamar's best game, but I feel like. Um, Big credit to Spags on mm-hmm. the Chiefs' side. Mm. Um, I'm going to oversimplify what they did on defense, but I really was um, stack the line with as much as, as you could, fill fill the holes and kind of force Lamar to pass the ball a lot more. Mm. And I guess in those weather conditions and trying to outgun Mahomes is a recipe for not successful for you and more for us. Mm. Um, and Lamar, to his credit, went very, very close. You know, we like I said, almost tied that game up and put it over the end, but... Um, I think full credit to them to make it really hard for them to run the ball, not give him any escape lanes and basically force him to stay in the pocket and try to beat him, uh, to to get him to beat them with his arm. So, uh, And I think they played well defensively to hold them to 10 points. And so much credit there to to Spags, the defensive coordinator, for shutting him down. But then so much the conversation then goes back on Lamar and you're two and four in playoffs now and he's a two-time MVP but Mm -hmm. he can't get the job done when it counts. Yada, yada, yada. How much of that do you buy into or do you think he was doing the best he could uh, with with what he had around him? Yeah, and, uh, you know, they also goes to the Ravens. They could have changed things, you know, come out of the half. They saw how they have been played. Um, they change it up and go to quick hitting pass games. You know, to try to, you essentially need to move those dudes off your line if they're stacking it. Um, try some other things to, to, you know, free it up to give them some room to take some shots. I think, you know, they did that a little bit, but I think they could have been a little bit better too. 100%. He was do- trying to do the Nelson Muncy. He was trying to put the team on his back and, you know, throw it to himself. Yeah, but I, uh, I don't think Lamar was the reason they done. lost that game. I, I, nah, I agree. Yeah, I think yeah. it was, yeah, it was you know, a poor team performance overall and uh, against the Chiefs who, you know, themselves only scored 17 points, haven't been blowing teams out. They aren't the powerhouse offense they were. No. But they've been mm. playing – well enough on offense and played probably the best defense they've had of Holmes' career while he's been there. So, you know, that's definitely helping them uh, getting through to the Super Bowl. And that Super is the, the difference with them this year and we'll, we'll get into it in the in the Super Bowl preview in that it's not the Chiefs of yesteryear where mm. you know mm. they're going to go out and probably score 30 points plus. Yep. It's, a, it's a more sort of traditional championship winning team where they've just got a nasty defense, mm-hmm. um, mm. a, a, a quarterback who is possibly going to go down as, as uh, one of the GOATs but outside of him and his tight end, yeah. no superstars on on that offense. Yeah, you know, they're, they're going with the young, and the young, inexperienced receiving core. You know, Pacheco's been playing his ass off, but mm-hmm. he's a low-round draft pick. It's not like they've got 
a CMC or a, or a world-class offensive line. Yeah. They're just making do essentially with, with quarterback skill and a, and a really good tight end. So mm. it's going to be interesting to see to see how it plays out. Uh, it's, it's certainly – it's the same Chiefs, but it, they've got a different feel this year than, than what they have in years past. Agree. Let's uh, jump over to the NFC Championship game. It felt like – uh, America and even outside of America was going for the Lions. Yep. Uh, they started so, so well at Levi Stadium. They got a 14-0 uh, uh, first quarter up and you thought, geez, you know, th- is it going to be the, the Lions taking on the Chiefs? That was opening night. Well, was it 24-14 or 24-10 or something at one point? It was so. 20, 24-7 at halftime. Yeah. 49ers, they did against Packers. They played from behind. They did against the Lions. They they Didn't can win, they can win these games. Uh, as a Detroit, um, you know, you know, putting yourselves in the shoes of a Detroit fan, was it was it disappointing for the way that it, it all played out? Or you know, oh, I would th- I would think so definitely. To me, kind of yeah, maybe whatever they did at halftime just didn't work. Mm. And um, whether that's you know. They took the preferable foot off the pedal um, and just gave 49ers a sniff and, and they took all the momentum back and they just couldn't steal it back, um, even scoring late to, you know, maybe potentially get back, the the, yeah, get back into this mm. game. But it was too little by then. Like they, you know, gave all the second half momentum to the 49ers and that's just the window they needed. They got everything they needed and um, managed to get back into this game. It was a shame. Because mm. it was a far more entertaining game than uh, than the AFC Championship game. Yes, it was. Uh, maybe scoreline did did both justice. Uh, you you did have that feeling in the fourth quarter that uh, the 49ers, once they got that ten point lead, that they'd, they'd hold on to it for sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. We have to talk about this 49ers offense, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's kind of interesting in the way that it's going to go into the Super Bowl. This 49ers team is is renowned in years. Passed by just having a so-so offense bolstered by a really good defense. This yep. numbers-wise, there's an argument for Brock Purdy being the the best um, you know quarterback in the in the league this year. Didn't get a look in in, in the MVP, but his mm-hmm. numbers, you know, you could argue that certainly have the best running back. Have yep. what one of the best mm-hmm. tight ends have got one of the better offensive. Lines in the league, uh, this could be the the hottest offense in in the league at the moment. Yeah, well, and you throw Debo and Ayuk um, in that, yeah. and like, yeah, mm. they've got plenty of good receiving options. So, um, but that's not to sneeze that the defense is still good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they still got Bosa and um, Chase Young on that side. Fred Warner. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they've got talent all over the defense too. So, they they are since since the start of the season, they were a team built to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, it was just whether they could. Fulfill that promise and get there, and they have. Um, so yeah, they had to do it against hard against the Lions. Um, they started probably a little bit slow themselves in that game, so they'll have to be aware of that going up against the Chiefs. They don't want to give the Chiefs a um, a twenty five, a twenty four point, you know, um, lead like get off. Mm. Let them let them have the start. So mm. yeah, I th- maybe, maybe the Lions shocked them a little bit, you know, using their speed dudes. You know, so Williams break out for a big long touchdown. Mm. Um, and the way they, they play that kind of game up tempo maybe shocked them a little bit, but maybe credit to them. Second half adjustments, they came out really, really locked down on the lines. I think they didn't, they barely had any yards in that third quarter, um, and really couldn't get anything going until the middle of the fourth to even get back in that game. That is for the lines, so um, 
full credit, I think, to, to that team and that staff. The other sort of comforting thing for Detroit fans as well. So young. <laughs> they're so young, so young. So Jared Goff's in his his prime right now, but mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs is going to be a second-year running back next year. Jameson Williams is only going to get better. Sam Laporte is only going to get better. Yep. On the defense, yep. Aiden Hutchinson's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. They're, they're so set for the next – Four or five years. Now, yeah. you don't get these long windows in the NFL. Exactly. It's, it's constant, They're in their window. They need it's it. constantly changing. But the next yeah, the next two years, few years, it's it's certainly uh, uh, the world is their oyster, that's for sure. Agree. Mm-hmm. All right. So there were two left. The Kansas City Chiefs will take on the 49ers Monday our time, Sunday over there in the States. Super Bowl 58, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It is a rematch of the Super Bowl that we saw just a few years ago. Bosa's uh, rookie season. Yeah, Bosa's rookie year. I think I was having a look. There's not a whole heap of players that are left over from no. either side uh, from from that Super Bowl. Mahomes um, and Kelsey come to mind mm-hmm. uh, on the on the uh, 49ers side of the side of things. Bosa, Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, there's not heaps Trent Williams, um, yep. but it's a, it's about a handful each. The Chiefs they're trying to win three from four. They're trying to really establish this Chiefs dynasty. The the handover pretty much straight from from the the, the Patriots dynasty um, of of the the mid two thousands. It's crazy to think they potentially would have two more Super Bowls if it wasn't for Tom Brady because he beat them with the back <laughs> <laughs> with the um, Buccaneers and then also knocked them out in the AFC Championship with the Patriots. So. Yep. Yeah, Brady to them is the Elo Manning Giants to Brady. <laughs> <laughs> weird how things sort of work out. But mm-hmm. anyways, they're going for for three out of four. They do have three championships total. They won one of the first Super Bowls, I think, back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 49ers, they're looking to join the Steelers and the Pats with six championships total. Uh, they did have a perfect record back in the mid-90s of 4-0 mm-hmm. when they're at Super Bowls, but they've lost the last three, I, I believe. Um, they did lose, obviously, to the Chiefs yes. in 2020, lost to the Ravens in 2012. Uh, they also, for a very proud franchise, actually haven't won the Super Bowl for close to 30 years. Yep. Uh, Steve Young threw <coughs> six touchdowns back in 1994. Uh, and there's some eerie similarities between this 49ers team and the 1998 Broncos team, yep. Sean. Um, I couldn't quite get our graphic in because of uh, formatting issues, but I've, uh, got a, I've got a few of the things there. Yeah, yeah. so, well, there's the connection with the coach, of course. Yes. Um, so Mike Shanahan was the coach of the 98 Broncos and then the Kyle Shanahan's the coach uh, for the 49ers. Brian Greasy mm-hmm. is, uh, was a QB. He was backup QB and is now the QB coach at the 49ers. Anthony Lynn was a running back. Uh, he's now the RB coach, and then of course you got Ed McCaffrey was one of the yeah. wide receivers, and now his son is uh, on CMC. CMC, of course, is the running back. So, you know, a bit of flavor there with a connection with the Broncos. There, that's probably where I lean towards. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be on Team 49ers. <laughs> that, and of course, fuck the Chiefs because the West. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is trying to. To join his father Mike uh, mm-hmm. in in winning a Super Bowl, he's zero three, I believe, against Andy Reid as well, and that's got to play into things. For yeah, sure. How good is Andy Reid as a coach? Yeah. I, you know, Bill gets all the credit, um, but Andy Reid hasn't been too bad himself. Well, yeah, if because he won one with Philly, Philly yeah. didn't he? So and he's won two already, so he's going for his fourth, mm-hmm. uh, and 
be a bad night to be a cheeseburger if uh, <laughs> Andy Reid gets a win on Sunday. There's never been a father-son duo in any major US sport that's that's uh, coached teams to, to championships. So they're, yeah. they're trying to trying to be that. Bit of an ESPN fake stat there, but anyways. Uh, it'd be a nice thing to, to share with your father. Mm-hmm. Um what, how do we see this 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 playing out, boys? Let's let's go into our our full on preview of the game. The 49ers start as favourite, dollar seventy seven. The Chiefs two dollars ten. When I look at that, I get the feeling that the Chiefs might be a little bit of value, uh, given they've all been there, they've all done that. Yes, they're not quite the Chiefs that we've been accustomed to, but they've gone on the road and they've won these two two road games. Uh, for mine. Assessing it, I would, I would have the Chiefs slightly ahead. Yeah, well, they're definitely playing their best football. Um, mm. I think uh, being a bit more set at wide receivers really helped them. Um, you know, kind of kicking Tony to the curb and uh, and ele- elevating Rice to wide receiver one mm. has made it pretty clear of what the direction is and um, I think that's kind of op- opened Kels up a bit more as well. 100%. So, you know, I think they've definitely been playing better Offense, I'm pretty sure left guard um, Joe Tooney mm. um, is out. He's not going to play in this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a bit of a big loss for them. Uh, but outside of that, they're pretty much good to go. Um, hard to say. Um, I I would like the 49ers to win. Um, I, think they're def- I think they're definitely talented. They're probably, of the two teams, I'd say the more talented roster. Um, but it's hard to go past the quarterback. So um, Brock Purdy's definitely been doing a great job, but it's can he sling it with Mahomes in Vegas in this in the dome? I'm not too sure. It's Ed sitting. Yeah, well, I'm gonna, I, I want to pick the 49ers <laughs> to win. I want the 49ers to win. But you know, using using my head and comparing what I've seen all season long in football, um, I think it's going to be. Tough night. We're getting two of the better defences coming up against two of the better offensives so far um, in this playoff series. Uh, is the difference that the Chiefs haven't been as good offensively? Do you give a tick to the 49ers there a little bit? Like it's – they're pretty pretty bloody close. So um, like you said, is it the the big game experience? Chiefs have been there. The coach has been there. Um, I think for – like take – Kyle, for example, I don't think he's been back to this. Has he been back to the Super Bowl since the Falcons got routed when he was OC? Um, I don't think so. I think they've been knocked out a couple of times. So, you know, does that play into it a little bit? Do you give a tick back to the Chiefs then for coaching skill set? He was there. He was the head coach when they lost to. Ah, so yeah, so to been, the Chiefs, he's been to two Super Bowls then and lost both. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's that as well. Yeah. Mm. I don't so, know. Some thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if you go to storyline, like it'd be good to see Brock Purdy and the team that the 49ers have put together over the last couple of seasons win it. But looking at the season as it is, you don't really follow the storylines. Like, it would have been great for the Lions to come through. Mm-hmm. They didn't make it. Um. Yeah, it's, I think Kansas City's just been there too many times. The team's just too well-rounded. They know what they're doing. Um, they've yeah, got the experience. I can't see them, the 49ers, getting past them. Mm. Um, 
I'm going to go with you 100%. Pat, yeah. This is pattern recognition, boys. We saw this with Tom Brady <laughs> yeah. and yeah. there was years where you're like, oh, the, the Patriots aren't as good this this time around. Yes, Brock Purdy has uh, has been arguably the best quarterback in the league yeah. this year. Yes, he's good against the blitz. Yes, his QBR is is amazing, 113 or something. Yeah, They can win from behind. They've got the best running back in the league, sure. But you're going up against someone that's going to go in the conversation for the greatest person to ever play this game, mm. period, yeah. throwing to one of the best blokes that's ever caught the football, period. They've gone on the road and won against the odds, been underdogs both mm. times. And for mine, that just plays leaps and bounds into the fact that I think the Chiefs are going to go out and win their third Super Bowl. I'm mm. Look, you can't say things are sure things in, in sports ever, especially when it's a, a narrow underdog. But for mine, I think everything's pointing in the way of the Chiefs. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. Like you look at the the defensive structures there, and I'm trying to think of like what would the game plans be. And you think of Kaloftis and Chris Jones, the way they rush the pass is different to how Bosa and and Young is do yeah. does it. And then you know there's some rhetoric about Young taking too many plays off, and that you know maybe he'll be more of a rotation guy in this. Um, like it, you know some storylines there, but they of course rush the quarterback. I think slightly differently. So slightly different structures there. Maybe that gives Brock slightly more time than maybe he's expecting and, you know, does it help him or maybe he prefers to be a little bit more under pressure. Like it'll it'll be interesting. I think 49ers front seven's really, really good. Maybe I'd give the slight edge to the secondary to the, the Chiefs. Slight? Yeah, I think they've been doing a really good job. They're secondary. So. <laughs> They've got an all-pro McDuffie and yeah. Snead who is arguably an all-pro. Yeah. They shut down the, the Ravens at their own mm-hmm. – in their own house to seven points and so much yeah. of that came from yeah. their secondary. It's arguably the best secondary in, in football. Yep. Um, I I think the defences, you can call them a push because of the, the 49ers front seven, but mm. the, the secondary of the of the Chiefs is far, far better, I think. Yeah. So I, I wonder yeah. if, you know, with that um, – with Greenlaw and Warner there that um, – does that take Kels out of the game more and does that bring Rice into the game more? And we mm. expecting, you know, Rice, is he going to be – does he end up having some massive game and ends up being the MVP kind of you know, of the game? Like, That'd be good odds. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, I've seen some rhetoric about that. Like, you know, you look at game scripts and you see like, hey, yeah, Kels might be double teamed by the, the linebackers and not get a lot of room. Like he might get some ball, but, yeah, maybe they need to push it to Rice a little bit more. Because, you know, there's, like you said, there's options there on the on the outside versus that secondary. They're more than there is in the middle of the field. So, um, but mm. having said that, we'll both say and young, give him enough time, you know, mm. Armstead, et cetera, give him enough time to be able to do that. Um, and do they limit their their run game because of that seven and they force Mahomes, you know, to throw the ball 50 times, et cetera. I, I, I feel mm. like who scores first probably might win. Um because I'm not sure if the chase is mm. going to have the firepower to chase as well in this compared to other games. Yeah, it's turnovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's cliche, whoever turns, yeah, whoever turns the ball over first is yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure the 49ers, given the fact that they haven't scored first in either of their, their well, last two games, that they'll they'll be confident going behind. Mm. But mm. Uh, for mine, it's it's a chase. And and again, we've got to go back to the to you know we're we're comparing and we've kind of called the the. The defense is a push. CMC and behind that offensive line, the the 49ers have a clear advantage, yes. a clear, clear advantage in the run game. And then you could argue that 
their their receiving talent is also is also better or, or at least more experienced than than the Chiefs. Mm. I, I but think, yeah, I just I just think Mahomes, Kels, Andy Reid. That's all. That's that's it. It yeah. wouldn't matter who else is around. <laughs> well, I think maybe throw Spags in there because I think they could go. Yeah, they, they could go look at that Lions game and go, why'd they start so slow? What can we implement mm. from that? Because mm. that's the reason. If we can make them chase, then you know that takes CMC a bit more out of the game. Mm. Uh, and then also look at what what did the Ravens do to them? How did they get him to throw four picks? You know mm. what what were they doing? Like, yeah. They're they're kind of like things they could probably try to implement some of those games, um, which would be in their favor. Whereas you, I think you flip of that and you go, well, what games did you see where the, the Chiefs kind of struggled? And you'd say, well, they didn't score a lot in a lot of games. So they didn't really get blown out by a lot of teams. And, you know, I think they've just been playing really good, gritty football. So mm, mm. I think you just have to play them better without the mistakes, like you said. So, you know, for them, it's like well, as long as we don't turn over the ball, we might actually just win this game. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Either way, it's going to be a great – Great game of football. Hopefully it's nice and, and close. And do we have Usher at halftime? Usher, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah hopefully it's something like last year, which was one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen yeah. uh, in my life. Bit of a shootout, went down to it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm. actually. Hey, shit, if we get the double overtime, we'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, Monks, you've got a few odds there. Uh, let's yeah. go for – What do you want? <laughs> you had MVP. MVP. Run MVP. Through, through those Mahomes MVP odds. number one. Yeah, Mahomes is favorite at two dollars forty. Uh, uh Brock Purdy oh, at three dollars. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Uh, outside of Brock Purdy, we've got Christian McCaffrey at five dollars. Yep. Kelsey is at thirteen. That's uh, cash. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a bit of fun. Yep. Uh, and then rounding up to top five, we've got uh, Debo at twenty one dollars. Um, Pacheco is at twenty one dollars as well. A few um, little fun ones that I can see down the. A oh, where was Rice? I further where down. Was Rice? Yeah, Rice yeah. is 46. Mm-hmm. Kittle, yep. 61. Yep. Bosa, 71. Did, when was the last time a defensive player? I think it was, was, it, was it Von Miller? I think we looked this up last year. Yeah, Pretty Von Miller. Von in 2015. Might I, have been. I, I hasn't been uh, a lot in, in recent memories, but there has been a few. I was also looking mm. at this. Uh, there was that Seahawks guy that no one remembers. I don't know. I mean that with respect. Don't bash Bobby me. Wagner. Uh, Tom Brady, so Von Miller, Malcolm Smith. Yeah. Malcolm Smith. Smith. Corner. Low so back. None of us uh, remembered his name. <laughs> but the last defensive player was Von Miller. Von Miller, 2016. From, yeah. From the uh, Super Bowl 50. You also got Sam Donald at 326. Uh, I saw uh, this. This per, is a yeah. Purdy goes down. <laughs> yeah. Purdy goes down. From the 2018 but, draft class, yeah. which had Lamar, Josh Allen, um, Baker mm. Mayfield, Josh Rosen, and of course himself. Sam Donald, first one to the Super Bowl. Yeah, first one to the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Of course, it's, of course it's back up. But <laughs> Blown up at 326. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. Hopefully Purdy doesn't do it. He's elbowed it like he did last year and um, they need a backup quarterback to go in there. And just in terms of how quarterback dominant this is, uh, going back to 2010, uh Two linebackers have, have got it and two receivers have got it. Outside of that, it's all quarterbacks. Cooper and Julian. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm going Chiefs. You're going Niners. Niners, B's Dick. You've got the casting vote. Uh, yeah, can't go past Chiefs. Yep. Whatever uh, happens, enjoy. If you're down in Australia, hopefully you got your good sicky uh, <laughs> excuse sorted or you've taken the leave well in advance. That's it. 
All right, uh, Lamar Jackson did win the MVP by a landslide, 49 votes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Allen got the the measly one vote there. I feel like it should have been closer than that. We did not – well, we – Everyone that follows football had the had the strong inkling that uh, Lamar was going to win his second MVP. Mm-hmm. What are our thoughts around it? Yeah, if you, if you just look at pure numbers, Allen kind of blew him out of the park for a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you ask a lot of questions there. And you'd also throw Dak in that conversation for guys yeah. that had really good numbers. Yeah, for yeah. Dak not to get a single vote. So, yeah, but um, I think with Allen getting that one vote, um, I might have to fact check me on this. Lamar would have been the only two-time unanimous MVP. Ah. Um, so, because he got you know, in 2019, I think it was whenever he won the last one. Um, actually, no, it wouldn't have been then. It would have been 20. It was 19 season. Yeah, it was 19. Yeah, because it was 2018 he was drafted. Yes. Mm. Um, so it's it is what it is. You know, it's an MVP is quarterback driven. I think CMC should have won it, but that's just my personal preference. We um, we've spoken about it for you know the back end of the NFL <laughs> season when. The guy that won it had a considerably uh, lower performing year than what he did yeah. when he won it. And considering um, Allen like had 15 more touchdowns than he did on the season as well. Like, yeah. And Dak. You hit, can get like I mean, he, his team was dominant and he was dominant in the game so they were dominant against good teams and they beat every team over 500. Like they were really good. Yeah. So he's deserving I guess from that angle. But for a guy that I think CMC was more of a – most valuable player to the 49ers than Lamar was to the Ravens. CMC was certainly at his position yeah. head and shoulders above anyone else, yeah. whereas you can certainly make the the argument from a numbers perspective that, yeah, mm. Dak threw yep. the most touchdowns and least intercepts-ish uh, mm. um, and, and Lamar didn't have the passing numbers anywhere near what one of these guys had. Obviously, mm. no one runs the football from the quarterback position like Lamar Jackson does. Josh that, Allen was pretty good if you look at his numbers. Well, <laughs> in, from a, a touchdown <laughs> perspective, yes. yes. But if it's, uh, you know. His yardage was pretty comparable. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I, For mine, I, I feel like Lamar Jackson had the best season out of everyone there. With the caveat yeah. that it's quarterback loaded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. That, I agree. I think the most valuable – and that's that's the why at that, their position was Sam said. Yeah, and that's why he wins offensive player of the year award. Like mm-hmm. that's yep. sure in here. It's the oh you didn't you're not a quarterback, but you <laughs> you're the best <laughs> offensive player. You it should have best. been an MVP, so you get that yep. award. So that's how it feels to me sometimes. But yeah, I think well deserved uh, for that award for him. Yep. What about defensive player of the year? Yeah, a bit of a head scratcher in that one. Um and I the, the graphic I threw in there is actually from JJ Watt. <laughs> He's just saying, I'm not sure what more his brother TJ should have done to be able to win that, considering every major statistic for a pass rusher, he was better than Miles Garrett this year. I think Miles was on track to have be defensive player of the year and then got injured. Yep. I feel like the voters forgot that he got injured and didn't have a good back end of the year. Mm-hmm. And TJ really took him over. So um I guess by his own standards as well, this was kind of a down year for TJ Watt, but he was still, I think, far out the better defensive player. Um, but again, I think it was kind of a down year for defensive players statistically as well, um, compared to the previous years, uh, that some of the other ones had won what they had done to win it. Um, cause you know, it's a hard league and most of these guys were banged up throughout the year and they missed a couple of games. So having said that 19 sacks mm-hmm. for, for TJ Watt, mm-hmm. 
ahead of Miles Garrett on every single measurable. Pressures, um, yeah. hurries, tackles for loss, loss, tackles, intercepts, forced fumbles, even scored a touchdown. So, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a head scratcher on that one. Tell you what, if you if you uh, tell you what, um, if you if you want to have a brother that comes in and fights your fights for you. JJ was a good one. Then JJ, former uh, defensive player of the year himself. Uh, I, th- I saw someone that was saying they thought the, you know, the reasoning was that Miles Garrett is a bigger presence on defense, that he impacts the game more than what TJ mm. does. And, uh, so I don't know. He's not getting the stats. He's at least helping the rest of his team get the stats as well. Uh, like combined maybe, team stats. Or, I mean, it's but that, you know, that's a team award for yeah, but is this team doing as well as they could I would, be I would have thought, I would have thought, you know, five more touchdowns, scoring touchdowns, more forced fumbles would uh, be more beneficial for your team. But It's a telling yeah. graphic. Oh, the one that we have in front of us where it's every single thing is green, TJ Watt, every single thing is red, Miles Garrett, and, uh, and Garrett wins it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they take the injury into account, you know? Should it be a per-game basis? So what, the most dominating player of a half the season? Was it half? <laughs> Four <laughs> it was like games, eighty percent. Yeah. It's not the Joe Embiid award, so oh, <laughs> true, true that. True that. We'll get into that in just a second. I see. Uh, um, look, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm going to agree with you. I think on on paper and and objectively, TJ Watt should be the defensive player of the year. And he was still. He, it wasn't like he was not dominant this year. Like he mm. played really well. Uh, main reason why the Steelers still managed to get over five hundred yeah. sneaking in the playoffs was because yeah. TJ Watt was playing for him. Hundred percent. Is there something to it? Like exactly the same argument that we just had with um, Lamar Jackson. Like, is there just something else that they take into consideration with these these votings? Where X factor? Yeah, like I don't know. TJ Watt won it last year, didn't he? So, do they just want something different? <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Miles Garrett going out with Taylor Swift. It's all scripted. I I honestly don't know. I I have no qualms with Lamar Jackson winning. The, the MVP, I think his dollar and one cent, you know, is, is testament to that, albeit in a, in a quarterback biased league. Yep. When I look at the numbers and I'm trying to remember week by week through the season, yes, I thought Miles Garrett was killing it up until the injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you, you look at it in retrospect and in hindsight, I think TJ Watt was the best player on the defensive side of the ball. We haven't even spoken about Michael mm. Parsons, who had reasonable numbers mm-hmm. there. I'm not saying that so, yeah. he, he was better than either of them, but I'm just saying he needs to be in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, and he was number three essentially in voting. He he polled um, uh, 80 votes, I think. I think it was like 230 for Miles and 140 odd for uh, TJ. Anyways, that's uh, that's that. Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year, CMC. Spoke about it, offensive player of the year, arguably should have been the MVP. Offensive rookie of the year, CJ Strout. Uh, no no qualms there, although Puka Nakua had I a pretty Puka good Nakua year. I think Puka Nakua should have. He, he broke all the rookie records. Like, what's a, what's a brother got to do? Like, <laughs> CJ was incredible, though. Yeah. I, yeah, yes, but for a, a quarterback, it was, it's just, How many records it was good, did he break? Yeah, it was good quarterback numbers. Like, it's like, yes, he, he took played. the Texans to the fucking playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Like, he had a, I'm not saying he had a good season, he had good. Good stats, but no, he's not out here breaking every rookie record there was for a quarterback. So, whereas Nakua, that's what he was doing. Um, yeah, I think again, skill positions hard done by. I would have made him rookie of the year. Will Anderson, defensive rookie of the year. Any arguments there? I think that's pretty fair though. In yep. you know, I think Will Anderson's a megastar and mighty. Agreed. Mm-hmm. 
Joe Flacco over Demar Hamlin. Personally, I like this. Uh, kudos to Demar Hamlin for you know staying alive. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was interesting because Hamlin got more first place votes than Flacco did. Mm. Flacco yep. got more of the second and third place, oh. which gave him enough to to pip him. Yep. So again, 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 a pretty close run uh, battle here, but. Um, yeah, I wonder if that fake punt um, sealed the deal for Hamlin, unfortunately. Not <laughs> um, his fault. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, give credit to Flacco. He's, what was he, QB5 that year, this year for for the Browns. Uh, come in and replace all the other guys that got injured and then play really well. Um, yeah, some props there. I think he, yeah. he's pretty good. Incredible. Uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, I think some names are very familiar to us um, from sort of our generation of what we've been following in football. Dwight Feeney, Devin Hester, uh, Andre Johnson, uh, Julius Peppers and Patrick Willis. Um, Reggie Wayne was a little bit disappointed he didn't make it in. but Next year. Yeah, I guess, you know, they already took two wide receivers in this one. One technically there for as a returner. Mm, um, yeah. Devin Hester is probably the greatest ever returner in the NFL. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he, he'll probably be there in the future. Um, and then they took two seniors. Um, Steve McMichael, I uh, did look this up. He played for the Raiders. He actually had a pretty good career for the Raiders. And, of course, my boy Randy from the Denver Broncos finally makes it in, um, you know, was the inside linebacker for the Orange Crush for, for many a time uh, and well, well deserved to be there uh, in the Hall of Fame. The Pro Bowl did occur during the week. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it yeah. becoming less and less interesting to you? Because it certainly is to me. Yeah, well, statistically, they I think they reported an 8% down on viewership. Um, so, you know, I think it's still fun. Eli's beat his brother again. Um, so Peyton lost this one, the NFC won. Uh, so they got 0-2 in this competition. Um, they did have an international flag football tournament which before it, which was pretty good. Uh, yeah. You know, for us, the Australian team was out there competing in it. Um, bit hard to get any news or results out of that, but you know that was interesting. Olympics uh, in four years' time, but mm-hmm. will be an Olympic event. Yep. Senior bowl yeah. as well. Yeah, senior bowl happened. Spencer Rattler was MVP after throwing four passes. Um, <laughs> looked pretty solid uh, in his go. Bo Nix also played in this. Was pretty solid uh, in the game too. And Penix didn't play. He trained all week but um, didn't play in the game, which was kind of interesting. Um, but at least he got himself out there in front of everyone else. Um, so senior bowl was pretty interesting, I think, wink for the seniors. Um, I was, yeah, me as a draft nufty was pretty interested in how they're progressing. Um, and for Rattler, it kind of showed, you know, he still has that elite talent, off-script playmaking ability that he's well known for. Um, you know, hasn't been in the conversation with the, the top five, six quarterbacks for this, but it's that kind of project quarterback maybe in the mid to late rounds would be interesting to jump on. All the talent in the world. Yeah. Uh, anyone mm-hmm. that's that's seen the QB1 show on, mm-hmm. on Netflix mm-hmm. saw him as a high schooler and was one of the, the number one uh, prospects coming out of high school into college. Didn't quite have the college uh, career that he would have hoped for, but, uh, yeah, I, I think he will get a, get a late round. Um, bone throw in his way and yeah, well, who, who knows, you know, uh, Brock Purdy and Tom Brady say hi. Yeah, and mm. with this this um, quality output in this game, you know, he stocks up. So people are re- going back, reevaluating what he did, you know, you know, what was he limited by some of the teams, et cetera, that he was playing on. Um, so, you know, they might bump him up a couple of rounds and go mid-tier. 
Commanders uh, have got uh, Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator. Yeah, after they filled their last head coach position with Dan Quinn. That was the only one we hadn't covered. So they've got their staff. Uh, but the, the interesting story about getting Cliff, of course, is his connection with Williams. Um, you know, the, think, the, the thinking is, reports are they want to trade you know, up one spot to one with the Bears to get Williams to be their quarterback. Uh, and then the rumour is if they can't, They'll take Harrison at two and try to trade their second round pick for Fields. Um, that's of course if Williams goes one to the Bears. So yeah, that's kind of where they're thinking their planning is going forward for their ball club. My personal feeling is that the Bears will stay with Justin Fields, trade their pick, and uh, I think that Caleb Williams will go to the Commanders. I think. It was pretty interesting. Uh, Brian Urlacher had an interesting quote uh, during the Super Bowl week because, of course, they're doing all the media and that. And he, he basically said, if you're still questioning if he's the guy, then he's not the guy. So, he, he, you know, former, former uh, Bears player, mm. maybe thinking that Justin Fields is on his way out. Interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting draft season. That is for sure. It's probably the most interesting draft in recent memory. Well, it's very heavy quarterback. There's mm. a lot of potential options and there's plenty of teams that would like a – to have another stab in the dark at it, trying to get a, uh, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And considering, you know, I think we looked at it, Purdy was the only quarterback that wasn't a first round um, pick uh, in the playoffs this year. Monks, you got yep. some uh, draft uh, props there. It's uh, pretty short yep. for Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah. So this is just for the number one pick overall. Um, Williams is a dollar and six cents um, with Drake May. Yeah, Drake should be two and Daniels should be three. Theory, yeah. Marvin yeah. Harrison's Harris. shorter than than Jaden Daniels, but it's it's very quarterback heavy. Yeah, mm. and again, that uh, doesn't stipulate which team they end up. It's just the he's US picking three pick. Patriots. So yeah, uh, you know mm. they potentially need a quarterback. So you know that's thought there too. Yeah. But according to the bookies, it'll be Caleb Williams. Uh, it's just which which team does he go to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, that's uh, one of our longer NFL segments. Uh, love it, but. Just before the uh, the Super Bowl, one of the biggest events on planet Earth. Uh, I'm going Chiefs. You're maybe going 49ers. Monkeys, maybe going Chiefs. Who who knows? Who cares? Let's, let's hope it's, <laughs> it's, it. a, it's, it's a good cool. game. It's a good game. And uh, get on your Taylor Swift markets. Uh, yeah. Do you think she'll get more television time than Usher will? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good ones though. Uh, you know, will I don't she know about be, that. Will she be shown more than Travis Kelsey catches the ball? Possibly. Possibly. There's, Kinds of weird markets out there. Yeah. Yep. So they're the, over. The proposal. Ten dollars <laughs> for a proposal to happen. Yep. Uh, overs unders for. Is there a Kels retirement? I feel. I think they win. He'll retire. Ooh. Really. Yep. And propose. Maybe I don't know. Um, the over unders for how many times you will see Taylor Swift during the Super Bowl game is seven, seven and, and a half. half. Mm. Oh, easy. Uh, Cash money. Cash <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> you smashing overs there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I reckon overs there too. Definitely. Person sh- that, that's because that's they, they show her every time he gets a catch. So he had 11 catches in the last game. So, yeah, that's he's definitely gonna be over seven. What's going on with these markets here? <laughs> <laughs> Brittany Mahomes, $1.42, Donna Kelsey, $1.57 for the first person shown next to Taylor Swift. Surely one of them needs to be over two dollars. What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> We're both there. there needs to be an investigation. Uh, yeah, well, maybe I did that's see, it. Uh, yeah, if they get shown together, yeah. maybe they've taken that into account. Mm. Brittany yeah. Mahomes has come way in. Damn it. Yeah. Jumped on it. She's uh, <laughs> doing a Sports Illustrated um, a cover calendar shoot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, yeah, upcoming she's as well. A mother of two, etc. 
I thought Sports Illustrated was uh, going in the toilet. Yeah, but they're obviously still taking pictures. Just got to make money somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Cash in while they can. All right, enjoy your Super Bowl uh, Monday down here, uh, or if you're listening uh, internationally, uh, enjoy your your Super Bowl Sunday. We are we are pumped mm-hmm. for the big game. Right, really? let's talk some hoops. Curry, Curry sets, fires, puts it up, bang! We're going to go through in our usual way of running through the East and the West, but yep. obviously a big week in terms of trade deadline finishing up mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the All-Stars upcoming. So Celtics still lead in the East, uh, not a big uh, trade uh, window for them, but uh, they're the first team to 40 wins. Uh, Jason Tatum and Chris Stapps Persingis dominant today in their win over the Wizards. Uh, the Cavs, uh, I think we need to start taking them pretty seriously because they're second. Didn't in you write the, them the off east. after they were injured? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say write them off. I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> I certainly said it would be hard yeah. after after those injuries, and uh, they've certainly proved me wrong. Yeah. It is still it's February, so still holiday, still holiday. so we won't get too far ahead of ourselves. They've lost two games this year, yep. which is incredibly impressive, and perhaps more impressive. Mm-hmm. They've beaten the Bucks three out of four four of their matchups, so they've yep. got. Got the yeah. uh, the the juju over the Bucks. That's for sure. Bucks haven't been doing too good. No, uh, certainly haven't been going great with Doc Rivers at the helm. It is early days in the in the Doc Rivers tenure. I saw they were one and four with him. They played today. Did they win? They did play. No, I don't think they did play today. Was it yesterday? I think because I saw Pat was there in the. Well, that was their big news. They traded, got uh, Pat Beverly. Uh, and then no, they, did, they did play today. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think because I, I put on a multi and I think mm. I left them out of it. Because <laughs> I saw uh, – They played the Hornets. It was one of the – They, they won. They com- won. Comfortably. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it was one of the Lopez brothers was reading a book on the sideline because they just traded him. Robin Lopez, <laughs> yes, was reading a book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Was, was funny. <laughs> I wonder what, what book he was reading. The subtle art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> Comes to mind. I don't know. Uh, uh, history, a thousand years history of Russia. That was that was what was going over my mind, <laughs> my mind this year. No. Bro, you just got to watch the interview and you get all of it. Oh, I've been th- oh, that's why it came to mind. I was fact-checking this motherfucker. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Uh, yeah, so they get Pat Beverly, um, 35-year-old. Mm-hmm. Journeyman, but really only in the last few years he's yep. become the journeyman. Yep. By mind, him at the Clippers. He has trade value. I think it's the problem. Well, he, he's got way too much, <laughs> much trade value. How long ago do you think Clippers was for Pat Bev? Uh, I think it's two years ago. Two and a, I think it's two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So since then he's been wow. at Minnesota, Lakers, Bulls, 76ers, and yep. this will be uh, – uh, Milwaukee, which is his sixth team in the last mm-hmm. three seasons, obviously long tenures at the Rockets and Clippers. But uh, Pat Beverly has become the journeyman, that's for sure. He, this is very 2024. Uh, you know, you can listen to world leaders <laughs> talking about a thousand years of Russian history, and you can also hear basketball players announcing their own trade on their own podcast. <laughs> At least they told him about it. <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> I was like, "Shit, I've been traded for a fucking washing machine." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so Pat Bev comes into the Bucks. I, I like it. Like mm-hmm. it's a, a good uh, you know locker room sort of presence kind of yep. kind of operator. Obviously, you know, playing a a, a guard position is is only going to be you know subbing subbing in and out, or, or maybe they they play him as a small forward, but. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I think it's it's more of a presence kind of kind of trade. Yeah, I think, you know, do you think with Rivers there, that's kind of his MO, get a veteran dude in to help with, you know, selling the message? 100%. Oh, they would, did they overlap at the uh, 76ers? Did they have a yeah, connection? Yeah, yeah, yeah I they so. would've. I reckon they would have. Yeah. So that's definitely what I reckon that is. Yeah, yeah. A known, known commodity, known you know, veteran presence in the locker room. Make the deal, get him in there. 23, 24 for... Pat Bev at the 76ers. Yeah, Rivers was there last year, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good pick up there. So back end of 76ers. Maybe, maybe Doc had something to do with Pat going to Philly. Mm-hmm. We'll get to Philly in just a second. The Knicks uh, are looking pretty good. Start believing Knicks fans, maybe. Uh, that They bring in <laughs> Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks from the Pistons. Bogdanovic, big, 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 big grab dude. for them. Um Look, they've been playing reasonably well and that only bolsters their, their depth at least. Yep. Uh, mm. You know, the 76ers going the wrong way. The Bucks not looking that great. Mm. Maybe the maybe the Knicks. Vulnerable. Yeah, maybe the Knicks are the, are the team to, to worry the the East leading Celtics. We have to talk about the 76ers. They're probably the big story outside of, of trades and all-stars this week in the NBA and that's the Joel Embiid shit show. That's what, that's what I like to call it but, you know, <laughs> I think did I, I covered it in the last body when I said, you know, he ducked the nuggets, he didn't show up. Um, mm. That, of course, tweaked the league's interest because they didn't have him on the injury report at all. Um, so they were like, well, you didn't tell us that he was injured. So then the following week they made him injured with – a knee issue, whether he had one or not, is the question. And then, unfortunately, he goes out and gets a knee injury. Injury mm, and karma. yeah, yeah, maybe a bit of that um, meniscus for him. Left meniscus, had to have surgery, and you know, with all of that, means he's going to miss out on the MVP. He will have missed too many games to be eligible, um, which just leaves Joker, I think, un, untested to be able to win it, even he, at this point in the season. He was like a dollar sixty last time I checked. He's shorter, shorter now, is he? Uh dollar fifty three. Yep. Yeah. Yep. SGA is um, hanging around and then it's yep. uh, out to Giannis at seven. Seven. It's, yeah. it's pretty much – It's unless Joker gets gets hurt. Hurt himself. It's, it's yeah, his. exactly. If Joker mm. keeps up his his quality of play for the remainder of the season, yeah, he'll get his third in four years. They got fined as well for, for not listing Joel. Yeah. So, of course, the league then, you know, mm. part of that investigation will be like, here, he's your 75K fine. Um, don't do it again. Tinfoil hat on. Why? Why do you think the 76ers have been wrapping him in cotton wool? Are they just don't want him to get hurt going up against the Joker. You know, is it maybe? But then, well, I guess he comes back and plays against Draymond because Draymond playing centre is definitely advantage him. Hundred. Um, but then you know he's the wild man. Fucking know. He's more likely <laughs> yeah. to get one of the teeth. From yeah. Him. Well, That's I'm not it. sure. Get knocked out because <laughs> someone because um, he got this knee injury from a guy landing on him. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was Dray- Draymond was the one that landed on him or not. Uh, yeah. You know, Don't some WWE shit. It was Kaminga. But you, you know, uh, uh, there's some talk that maybe they were trying to hide his knee injuries, um, and that was the reason he's just sitting out of. Well, he's had a past meniscal tear yeah. as well, uh, and he's a big dude. Like mm. um, knee issues are always going to be a challenge, um, but it's yeah, whether that was part of it or not, um, you know. Trying to limit his wear and tear, I think, probably plays a little bit into it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is what it is now. He unfortunately got a serious enough inj- knee injury um, that required surgery. 
they'll just be hoping as a franchise to not drop out of uh, you know that top six and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have the check because you finish seventh. Fuck, like with in this play in, playing era, it's it's. Did they have score fifty points the other day? Was it Maxi? Yeah, Maxi. Maxi's put up fifty plus twice, I think, this yeah. year. Whether he can fill that gap a little bit, um, he's no Joe Bede, but he's well, you know, yeah, it's completely different, different, different position. Obviously. I mean, look, yeah. the scoring volume that they get yeah, out of yeah. Bede, just you know, is he going to be their primary scorer uh, for them to help getting through? They also bring in Buddy Hill from the Pacers, but I think he played quite well today. Mm-hmm. Gave up Marcus Morris and uh, Furkan Korkmaz for that. Pacers sitting in sixth. Pascal Siakam not really putting up huge numbers. He's only had five or so games there. Heat in seventh. They bring in Terry Rozier from the Hornets. Kyle Lowry goes to Hornets. This did happen pretty much straight after the last pod. Uh, It is a few weeks old, that news. Kyle Lowry most likely going to be used as a pawn there. Uh, Hornets going through a complete rebuild. Mm -hmm. Uh, They sit in 13th. They've brought in Seth Curry and Grant Williams Traded away PJ Washington, uh, lots going on there with Hornets. Who knows how many of these guys will actually be a Hornet at season's end. Magic did, you see, did you see that I think it was one of their games, their coach got ejected. Yeah. And then, you know, it was like when the teacher was away, the kids were playing and they, they were getting pumped and they're all on the on the sideline just having a huge good laugh and enjoying themselves. So, you know, I think there's maybe a bit of culture issues over down there and, uh, for the Hornets. Any blokes reading books on the sideline? Not on this one. <laughs> they start a lot of coaching <laughs> basketball. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Bulls, this is a big story. So Zach Levine, uh, he mm. is done for the season, foot surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Bulls are pretty – it's early but pretty well done with, with that injury. Do you think the Nets, you know, as a team to potentially move up and push them down? They're five they're games playing, behind. They have been playing a little bit better recently. Bringing Schroeder, Thad Young. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons Ben Simmons back. Arcing up at Jarrett Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, possibly, possibly. It's, it's you know, it's them or the Raptors that could that could push up. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get down to the Hawk, uh, Hornets, sorry, and there's a, there's mm-hmm. an eight-game uh, gap. So, you know, the bottom three are pretty much gone. So so if anyone's going to jump into that playing position, it's got to be uh, Toronto or Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. You're, you're a tick below 500 and you lose your best player. Yep. Um, it's danger for, for Chicago, that's for sure. Hawks as well, yeah. like lots of chat around DeJounte Murray being mm-hmm. moved on. Bruce Brown didn't come into fruition before this trade deadline, but not good with, you know, Murray being their big piece that, that came in at the start of the season. Um, I don't like the the immediate future for Atlanta. Yep. Mm. And speaking of Wizards, Pistons, they're done. Killian Hayes, first-round pick, a uh, big part of that offense mm. uh, in Detroit uh, just a few years ago. He's gone. Uh, they'll be looking to hit rebuild too. Over in the West, uh, not big moves uh, made by the top, top teams in the Wolves and the Nuggets, but OKC uh, bring in a huge piece with Gordon Hayward joining. He's 33, which mm. brings up their average age <laughs> considerably. <laughs> and, uh, again, we spoke about, you know, Pat Bev and that locker room presence. Yep. This is kind of that on steroids. This is a, a mm-hmm. guy that's a, a veteran who uh, 
uh, in his heyday was, you know, one of the better um, uh, small or power forwards getting around and I think mm. is is a really good missing piece for this OKC Thunder unit. Yeah, I agree. And it was good to see Giddy not going anywhere. Yeah, well, that had been the chat for yeah. the last six weeks. So mm-hmm. Giddy going to stay uh, there with, with SGA and, and Chet and look with Hayward coming in. Uh, why not now? Yep. Why not now? Clippers. Uh, old heads don't move, didn't move anyone, but uh, they're looking good. Suns, uh, they're in fifth, bring in Royce O'Neill and David Roddy. Uh, Pels, big Zion, went close to triple dub today. <laughs> he was looking pretty good. Uh, Kings will receive Robin Lopez of uh, of uh, well-read fame. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Mavs, I really like this for Mavs, bringing in PJ Washington coming over from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any team that's got Kyrie and Luca in yep. uh, in their backcourt, uh, you bring in, uh, you know, prime age uh, power forward. Uh, I think that frontcourt gets a big bolster uh, yeah. with him. They needed something, I think, to kickstart them as well. Yeah, 100%. Look, does that mean that they can – Push for being one of the best teams in the West. I'm not that big on PJ Washington just yet, yeah. but it's an improvement. And with Luca there, he's got the ability to single-handedly yeah, win games. So, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I think they'll stave off the challenges of say the Lakers, Jazz, and um, the Warriors. Kind of they, they'll only get better. You'd think yeah, with, with PJ Washington coming in, so they should should march up a little bit. Lakers always got to talk about it. The the sexiest franchise <laughs> in uh, in the NBA. Uh, had been heavily linked, linked to with everybody. DeJounte Murray, Cole Lowry, Spencer Dinwiddie, just to name a few. It seems like they want to bring in uh, a guard to to help out there. Uh, no moves was kind of surprising. It means mm-hmm. like D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell and uh, and Hillbilly Kobe will be staying put yep. um, and mm. they're going to have to try and do it with, uh, with the bloke in uh, his – Thousandth year uh, <laughs> in, in LeBron. Um, Did he get his forty thousandth point during the week? Mm. No hyperbole. I think it was actually forty thousand. Yes, yeah. he did. He did get a milestone this week, well, which of course would be the first player to ever do that. But um, James, you can confirm for me what points he'd been doing. What else has been happening? Did uh, Golden West State Warriors actually get a win? They've won a few. Steph hit 11 threes uh, mm-hmm. against the Pacers yesterday, which I thought was a few. I didn't realise it was this many. Mm-hmm. 14's the record with uh, Clay did it in 2018. Uh, Steph's done 13 once and 12 once. Um, so 11's a massive, massive uh, game for him. Mm-hmm. Clay certainly has struggled since uh, Achilles and ACL injuries. He's 35. They might be able to get a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. You reckon a bit of a trade piece? Yeah, well, potentially um, going forward they maybe could look to move him because, um, you know, the, the clay is washed um, storyline is the, the big one at the moment. That mm. he's Unfair. Hin- like it's- he's hindering the team more than he's helping it. Mm. Um, but I, I think it is, you know, where they are at the moment, you know, struggling to stay above 500. Um, can they get something for him? Can they get a piece maybe that, you know, him and Hicks you know, get something to yeah. um Help Curry um, out because they kind of, to me, they kind of feel like exactly the same sort of spot where the Lakers are. They, they just kind of middle, middle of the pack. Uh, and do they need something to help you know, move them up a couple of spots to, to be competitive when it comes final time? And they have elite, elite big man like the Lakers do in, in yeah. AD. Yeah, I think they need to do something. LeBron is on 
39,843 points in the Close. regular season. 39.8, so probably in the next month he's going to hit the 40,000. Yep. Uh, Rockets bring in Stephen Adams and Victor Oladipo, Grizz, Blazers, Spurs, all done, you'd imagine. Oh, were there some all-star ones? Have they now seen it? Yeah, all-star. Or did they have the list of all-stars but not their actual – No, it's all, it's all good to go. Do they, well, they usually do their draft picking thing. You know, they get the, the guys to pick them and – No, what? I think it's all good to go. Okay. Mike's going to bring it up. It's only a week away. Mm-hmm. Well, I assume they're, they're done then. The old all-star lineups. There's a few oh, snubs. I uh, did see Trey, Trey missed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think outside of that, pretty much meh, mostly uh, as you'd expect. Here we go. Eastern Conference, we've got Giannis, Joel, uh, not, won't play, Tyrese mm-hmm. Halliburton, Damian Lillard yep. and Jason Tatum. Reserves, so Bam probably comes straight in for Joel. Mm-hmm. Paolo Benquetto. Uh, Scotty Barnes comes in, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Julius Randle named but hurt, won't play. Trey comes in as the injury replacement there. It's um, interesting that uh, Doc, Doc Rivers. Rivers ended up with <laughs> 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 yeah. I, think, I think he said he'd send the, the, the game, the, the check for uh, coaching that game to, um, what was the previous coach's name, Smith? Yeah, poor fellow, he got fucking shafted. Yeah. Uh, LeBron James, he'll uh, he'll captain the Western uh, starters. Uh, Luca, KD, SGA, Nicole Jokic. Whoo, that's saucy on paper. Uh, reserves: <laughs> Devin Booker, Stephen Still Curry. Pretty, pretty saucy reserves. <laughs> Anthony Davis, Ann Edwards, PG thirteen, Kawhi, KAT. Look, I don't want to go too much off name value, but that Western West has some name value. Western t- team is incredible. <laughs> Good also to see, you know, this development of of young guys over mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. in the East. Uh, Tyrese, yeah, um, uh, Benchero, etc., uh, coming into it. Did any team have more than two? Bucks no, two. Lakers got two. Bucks got two. Wolves had two. I think no. I think uh, Suns have got two. I think that's uh, that's a record. Celtics have two. Seventy mm-hmm. Sixers have two. No threes. Yeah. Nice little tidbit there. Yeah. Pretty much halfway season of the NBA uh, trade deadline done and dusted. Uh, we'll see how the second half of the season plays out. Talk mm-hmm. a bit of cricket. Yep. Go cricket. Australia West Indies white ball ongoing, the shortest ODI in Australian <laughs> cricket history. Played out on Tuesday, boys. Uh, I had, uh, as all of us did, uh, had to work on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But sometimes on a weeknight, you'd think ODI might get down there for the second innings, maybe the back end, maybe yeah, from get it on the telly when you yeah, go maybe from say the thirtieth or thirty fifth over in the in the first innings. Mm-hmm. Thought about it at lunchtime. Uh, check my phone. <laughs> West Indies were all out. Got home. The game was over. Uh, yep. Yep. Incredible scenes. Windy skittled for 80-odd. Mm-hmm. Jake Fraser McGurk, uh, he 
I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But well, they're saying could Rush him in all the formats. Could certainly could certainly be a superstar He's moving David forward. David Warner light. So, yeah. Ricky Ponting's anointed anointed him. He's mm-hmm. been big on the uh, get him in the in the Red Bull team. Yep. Uh, bandwagon. We've certainly we've we've spoken about him over the last few months. Uh, saw what he did in uh, in the Matador Cup, scoring mm-hmm. that fastest hundred ever uh, in that. And the bloke is talented. And some of the shots he was playing, albeit in a, a seven-over run chase, uh, incredible. So uh, definitely keep an eye on Jake Fraser McGurk. Yeah. There's a few upcoming. other a few other guys that did well on this too. So, um, Xavier Bartlett. Bartlett, and then Lance Morris played. As well, so what was Bartlett's figures? He had eight for thirty-eight yep. in in two games. Two games. In, in two games that he played, so his uh well, his, his ODI. What out. was Skull's quote? He could swing an election. He could swing an election. Yes, <laughs> it, it's and it's it's nice from the the big scale there because yes, uh, lots of people bowl wheels these days, but the ability to hoop it around yeah, there with it a, sideways that's with a new white ball, Xavier Bartlett. Geez, he, he looks like a talent mm-hmm. and kind of a little bit flown under the radar when it comes to quicks and, and prospects. Well, all the chat's been about Morris Spen- and Spencer Johnson. Johnson. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Xavier Bartlett might be going, uh, hi, I'm pretty handy at IPL me. teams if, yeah. uh, if you want to throw <laughs> a little bit of uh, – Bit of uh, Bicky's my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be a pretty handy addition to uh, an IPL franchise. Uh, I did. I did see Spencer mm-hmm. Johnson was uh, given a debut for the next uh, T Twenty game, so he will yep. play in that. It's uh, it's good to see because yeah, it's good to see some talent outside the top eleven. <laughs> well, and the fact that Stark aging Hazelwood getting there. Cummins, Cummins will be. They're all basically in started a few years. at the same time. Uh, the fact that the that the fast bowling stocks uh, currently include Spencer Johnson, La- Lance Morris. Wow. <laughs> Lance. I'm saying a bit fancy. <laughs> Lance Morris. Uh, Xavier, Xavier Bartlett uh, along with, you know, Jai Richardson and yeah. – and, um, and the like, um, I think the, the future is pretty safe uh, in, in our, our bowling department. That brings us into the test squad for the New Zealand tour. It's only a couple of weeks away until uh, more twelve names. More oh, tests. Really? There's fourteen there. So Pat Cummins, Steve Smith, Scott Boland, Alex yeah, Carey, Cam Green, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Usman Khawaja, Manus. Uh, spoke about it in the last pod. Don't think in any danger, yeah. but his average has dropped, dropped seven seven runs in the last twelve months. Mm-hmm. Nathan Lyon, uh, Alan Border medalist, Mitch Marsh. Uh, Michael Nisa comes back in. Uh, he was last season's Sheffield Shield Player of the Year. Yep. Uh, you wouldn't think he's been unreal in the big bashes, bro. Well. He's so good. Like, <laughs> he's he's so a legitimate all rounder. Yeah. Uh, and if it's ever him versus guys that aren't named, perhaps Hazelwood, Cummins, or Stark, the fact that Could, he's so good with the bat uh, might be the field like might might be uh, to do Bison and Green need to start worrying. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> is, he, is, is he the third one to add that conversation? You know, I, I don't want to laugh at that. I don't want to laugh at that because mm-hmm. Cam Green's the anointed one. Mitch Marsh is the Alan Porter medal. Yep. I think they're reasonably safe as as things uh, things have played out um, over the last few years. Yep. But Michael Nisa is a legitimate all-rounder. Yep. Mm. 
And the fact that the bloke is scoring runs for fun in the Shield or in County or in uh, any other format, uh, he's been banging down the door. He's only got two tests under his under his belt, but uh, I think he, he plays test cricket again, yep. uh, does Michael Nazar. Yep. Are they playing three games in New Zealand? They're playing two tests, I two believe. Tests. Two tests. Two okay. tests. Can you get that up? Uh, New Zealand okay. tour. Yeah. Do you think Australia they tour of New Zealand? will play a full strength for both? You yeah, think the eleven that played West Indies will be the eleven? Yeah, that Test play? cricket. I think barring injury, uh, it's it's the no no bowler rotation resting. Nah, I don't think so. I I think it's they've made it pretty apparent that uh, our, our bowling quartet, you know, the most yeah, successful quartet of all time, stays together unless someone is physically unable to go. That's very good. Well, they might need it because uh, what have the Kiwis been doing? Um, who have they been playing recently? Because um, Kane Williamson is on an absolute tear at the moment. He got two centuries and two innings, and he's got six centuries and six test matches um, to take his total to 32 to be one behind uh, our illustrious Steve Smith um, and, you know, take over take over second spot, I guess, in the Fab Four. Um, so mm. he's been on a rate of form. Uh, I just want to know who they've been playing recently. Yeah. Uh, have you got the? Oh, you've got the upcoming tour. I'll bring yep. up the Kane Williams and ship. Yeah, how many, so how many test matches. Yeah, they'll start with T20s, uh, but they have two test matches. The first one starts at the end of this month, the 29th of Feb, yep. and the second one will yeah start. I guess a week later. And they're playing the T20s before then, are they? Yep. So when's the first T20? Uh, 22nd of Feb. So that's not even two weeks. No. Yep. There you go. Uh, I'm bringing up uh, Kane Williamson. He's coming up here. So obviously, I'm assuming winning with what he's been doing. Yeah. You got that, Jimmy? Who have they been playing? Uh, no, so he's ranked number one in the batting rankings for Test mm-hmm. Cricket. Mm-hmm. I've just got to scroll here. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that South is South so 109 against South Africa, 118 against South Africa. Oh, that's right. They're playing the mm. South Africa B team because all the guys are playing in the T20. That's right. Now. Yeah, and they've been pumping them. <laughs> 104 <laughs> against Bangladesh, 215. Uh, that's going back to the start of last year. But, uh, yeah, yep. he's got three tons in the uh, in this summer and one, two, Jeez. three, four, five – Six tons uh, since in the last, in the last 12, months. twelve months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, incredible stuff from Kane Williamson coming back. Insane form coming man. back from an ACL. Just scroll that down a little bit. Yeah, it is because so that's his, his ah, yeah. last six Test matches. His records there: four hundred thirty-two, one hundred twenty-one, two fifteen. Not. not yeah, one hundred four, uh, eleven, thirteen, eleven. Bit of a downer that game. One hundred eighteen <laughs> and one hundred nine. <laughs> Six tons, six tests. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. India versus England. Yeah. They're going into their third test at the moment. I think India are now on the top of the World Test Championship as well. Uh, but big news, of course, was Kohli's officially been ruled out for all the remaining tests in this series um, due to personal reasons. Uh, hopefully everything's all right with the big yeah. fella and, mm. you know, there's nothing family-related, et cetera. Um, Need to worry about, and he'll be hopefully back playing cricket in not too distant future. But the Indian squads were doing pretty well without him uh, recently. Um, 
They've been playing a pretty interesting series against England. Mm. When Tied does, up. Yeah, when does match three start? I think it's Wednesday. I think there's a few days until uh, until the third one yeah. kicks off. We'll see if they pick four spinners. Yeah. Some of the decks, yeah, <laughs> questionable. Bumrah, well, I think, was the first Indian to be number one uh, bowler, international bowler in the world. So. I Yeah, I do think he's the first to be number one overall and I think has got – the second lowest average for a guy that's taken 150 wickets. Yeah, got his 150th in the last one too. It's incredible. Jeez. Doing very, very good there for India this innings. Ricky Ponting will coach the Washington Freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is big, obviously trying to expand the game over in uh, in the USA. What are our thoughts around this? Yeah, Major League Cricket uh, also trying, by what I've seen, I've managed to pick up a bunch of you know really good name uh, value cricketers as well. So for that league, especially in that kind of market, if they can, you know, kick in there a little bit and maybe steal some of those baseball fans, they um, could really grow. And they have a huge, um, you know, expat uh, mm. amount of people uh, mm. that live yeah. in that country that would definitely love cricket. Um, so yeah, I think that's huge to get a get a name like uh, Ricky, who's coached basically every level. He's coached the Delhi Capitals, etc. Like he, you know, the dudes that actually look legend <laughs> so yeah mm. i think that's a huge get for for major league cricket and they can definitely market him um to the masses when does that kick off most uh begins fourth of july ah. yeah there's, there's <laughs> so it'll summer. be just after the t20 world cup or just after or just before just, uh, just after, after just the conclusion after. of yeah. the t20 world cup yep and I'm assuming that's also before the IPL starts. Mm-mm. No, I know IPL's in a... IPL's April. April, yeah. yeah. Then, then World Cup. Then World Cup. Then, then Major League Cricket. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably leads to the next point. Ricky has been quoted um, having an idea of uh, do you limit the amount of T20 competitions a player can play in as a way to, you know, essentially like the, the South African guys not being able to be in the... International team, can they, instead of having 20 leagues, uh, three of them are playing at any one time, do they have a limit on what they could do? Nah, good luck. Yeah, I think legally it's going to be very hard to block, yep. prevent someone from applying their trade. Yep. Um, so, And I don't think it's a great idea. I feel like we're in that period of oversaturation and then it will come back down and we'll see which leagues uh, have maintained um, – some relevance. Yeah, I Maybe. don't yeah. see how they'll place that or enforce it. Yeah. No. Uh, Patham Nasanka? Mm-hmm. Smashes some records. I think the first Sri Lankan to get a double ton in one day. So, oh, yeah. So a bit of a – it might have even been shadow beer worthy there, James, for, for that one. Yeah. Sri Lankan beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe uh, so. And then I think the – finish up with the ladies. Um, South African ladies beat Australia for the first – Ever in the one day, beat Australia in a one day in Australia. Actually, I think it was even, was it in Australia? Maybe it was. It was ever. here, yeah. But I'm not sure if it was the first ever win against Australia. Uh, oh, we, yeah, maybe. But either way, they did that uh, and the game's just concluded. Uh, the second game in Australia hammered them in the second one. A bit of rain delay there and the South African girls had a lot to chase um, with the remaining uh, in that game, um, with the remaining overs they had available. Uh, I think Australia got well over 200, so they batted really well. 
And that, I think, is cricket. Ramble? Go back so. to, to a bigger ramble? Yes. Yeah. It's with a Sue there, Jimmy. Uh. Unfortunately, the male Matildas have bowed out of the Asian Cup. They lost in the quarterfinals. This was a early, early game. I got up and watched the second half and it was enthralling stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, did have a 1-0 lead against South Korea. I didn't see the, the opening goal, but it was Craig Goodwin that put it in. And then uh, we really had chances to close it out. Mm. Uh, Mitch Chuk had a volley which flew over. He had a header which was pretty much open goal. Hard, hard header, like full extension yeah. and put it wide. Uh, and then Paul Lewis-Miller, it was pretty much poor discipline which which cost us the game. Failed in the box, career score, 96, 97th minute, something along those mm. lines. Uh, and then uh, there's, there's his he fouled the second time uh, just outside of the box. Bees Dick outside of the box in the in uh, extra time, and uh, and Son showed why he's a class above pretty much anyone in this Asian Cup. Uh, put it in the in the back of the net uh, to to seal the game for the South Koreans. Mm. They themselves get knocked out in the next game by Jordan. Uh, Ooh, both semi-finals were were upsets uh, with. Um, Jordan going past South Korea and Iran going down to Qatar. Well, so I assume Japan got knocked out earlier in the tournament. Then. They went out in the quarters uh, yeah. as well. Interesting. So, yeah, so it's Qatar going for back-to-back Asian Cups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll start as uh, as reasonable favourites. Uh, I think that's 2 a.m. our time. It's in about three, four hours, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredible story for the Jordanians to even make the mm-hmm. – um, Make the the quarters, uh, let alone going to the to the big dance. Uh, also, having a look at their team, they have no one that plays at any club of note uh, in in Europe. Uh, but pretty hard to go past Qatar um, over there for sure. Mm. African Cup of Nations, some more well known teams with Nigeria and Ivory Coast. Uh, they'll they'll kick off uh, Monday morning our time. Uh, some big names there. Um, being pulled away from the big clubs in Europe. And uh, the schedule for the 2026 World Cup has been released, which will be in North America, USA, Canada, Mexico. Mm-hmm. First 48-team World Cup, the final is going to be in New York. Yep. Semis will be Atlanta and Washington. Uh, all the quarters as well are going to be in the States. Mexico and Canada scrounging a round of 16 game each plus lots of uh, the qualifiers. So going to certainly be a different... World Cup in terms of amount of games, uh, amount of exposure for, mm. for lots of teams that, that, you know, haven't been to the World Cup or have mm-hmm. only been to mm-hmm. a few. Uh, and if we miss out on, quarter, on qualification, we've yeah. really got to have a hard look at ourselves. <laughs> oh, but definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. I think I think it's good for the game. I was a bit hesitant at first. I was like, oh, 48 teams, that's like a quarter of international teams that play mm. soccer but I think for for the game and for for interest in the international game which can sometimes wane uh, I think it is important for it moving forward and yeah and it's gonna, they're going to be in some of the the best stadiums in the world uh, over there in, uh, it, in it, North it does, America it yeah. does of course get um, dominated by certain regions of the world so being able to you know pump the numbers up definitely spreads it so it'll be uh, good coverage uh, in the World Cup for this one what was interesting out of this? Final, New York, MetLife is turf. So it was interesting. I was going to ask about that. Because it's interesting in this because the joke going around, of course, is the NFL with the billion-dollar owners and all their players can't get turf fields, but 
FIFA will come in and say, well, change you, need to, you have to put grass in yeah, for us. They, they will. <laughs> which, so, is, which I think is a bit funny. So moving forward, once FIFA, you know, funds the money to change the, the surface, I imagine it will stay like that for the NFL moving forward. Maybe. Um, they, it is, of course, cheaper for them to go back to, to turf. Um, it was because there's some interesting statistics. They think NFLPA said 97% of players um, want grass. And um, Roger came out, um, you know, with his statement saying, well, some players like turf. Uh, and you look at the players that actually vote for turf, it's kickers. <laughs> 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 they all prefer, you know, the synthetic. Um, Their game. vote should count as half. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the majority would prefer it to be grass. Um, so, yeah, I wonder if, you know, this FIFA tournament is a way to kind of kick them in the butt because they're going to have to do it because, mm. you know, mm. they will force them to do it um, and they will comply. So eight Plus, I don't think it'll be called MetLife because they won't yeah, allow that, Yeah, it'll spot. be called it'll, yeah, it's New York or New, New York Jersey Stadium, Stadium yeah, or something yeah. like that. Because they don't allow any of that sponsorship stuff. Yep. So eight of the 16 venues have a permanent artificial turf surface that will need to be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. Quick look at the EPL week. Uh, Arsenal getting a win against Liverpool. Those Allison blunders were oh, pretty ordinary, mm. uh, especially the one jumping out. Um, look, it looked bad in slow mo, but uh, you know, opens the door for for City and Arsenal. That's for sure. Um, City have a game in hand, uh, so I feel like I've seen this movie before, <laughs> <laughs> where where City uh, come. Come in from uh, from seemingly nowhere. It does open the door a little bit for Arsenal there too. But, yeah, like you say, City's got the game in hand. Yeah, only two points. And it's, it's good f- viewing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Aston Villa are five points within within striking distance. I'm not saying that Aston Villa are going to go out and win the league. But uh, well, you'd say, Champions League certainly you on you the cards for throw them. Tottenham's probably in that conversation. But I think it's, you know, those five are ahead of everyone else and then it's a steep drop yeah, off United to, to United. Yeah. So. Speaking of, uh, Lissandro Martinez uh, looked like an MCL. I don't know if the scans have come back. Uh, it will be a big loss for for United. But uh, from what I saw, I uh, didn't think ACL was at danger. Uh, they look good, actually, uh, hammering uh, West Ham. Uh, and given how many games they've lost, um, you know, they're sitting sixth. It's, it's certainly uh, – season's not over for, for United. They'll be gunning – more for Champions League than, than winning the league, that's for sure. Yep. Any news there on Lissandro Martinez? No, not – Just a knee injury. It looked like MCL. Yep. City uh, had a Phil Foden. Hattie, uh, they got past Brentford to make sure they took advantage of that slip-up from Liverpool uh, and Spurs and Everton had a two-all draw that's, earlier in the week. That's interesting. You just scroll the, um, the table down at the bottom. Because I think Everton are still, yep. Yeah, they're in the drop zone. Just. Just. And I think actually they've closed the distance a little bit to Luton there, but Luton does have a game in hand. Yeah. Uh, Martinez was an MCL injury. There you go, baby. Sometimes yep. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blue card chat. Yeah, so came out uh, in the last couple of days. Actually, I even think it was yesterday. Um, the league, I think it's only Premier League. You can confirm this for me, Jimmy. I uh, thinking of introducing a blue card as of next season uh, with the goal of it being, say, a 10-minute simbin. You've got to sit down in the technical area, uh, I think is what they're calling it. Uh, and it's mostly f- to deal with on-field behaviour is what they've quoted it as. Um, you know, whether that's, 
you know, instead of doing yellows or reds for certain um, scenarios that they can throw in the blue card, whether that's dissent towards uh, referees mm. or um, repeated infringements that they think is worthy of a sit-down instead of sending them off completely. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think a lot of the coaches said it's silly, it's going to, you know, be bad for the game, etc. cetera. Uh, if it's bad enough for a red card, give them reds um, and you know, play a man down. But we know how much of an impact it is playing with one man down in, in any sport, but mm. especially in soccer and football. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. So improve player behaviour, increase respect for match officials are the two things we've just listed and that's what they say here uh, as a part of the football, football's lawmakers. Yeah. Temporary dismissals for dissent and specific tactical offences. Which could be like a, a professional foul. Yeah, like a guy's running yeah. through on ball, on goal, and you pull him down by his yeah. jersey. Um, you know, that's a yellow card now. Whereas, mm. you know, you get a blue card, you sit you down for 10 minutes versus giving you a red and send you off. So, mm. yeah. Uh, so, what are they saying? The trial for higher level football, which is expected to last at least 12 months, will include situations. Yeah. When are they saying? Oh, wow. A trial that lasts 12 months. <laughs> NRL. <laughs> <At the> NRL. <laughs> well, they're already stealing the sin bin from them. So, mm. um, yeah. Well, uh, can you scroll that down a little bit more? Whether yep, they, yep. I just want to know if they've got a start date. Trial, of course, the next season won't be permitted at the very top level and it would be 2026 or 27 <laughs> at the earliest. So it's so far away. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to trial it in, well, not the Premier League next year, but they're going to try uh, maybe the tier down and they'll try it in some of those other tiers. Because um, uh, as as I think we were talking pre-potty, um, you know, it's very – it's stamped out of the game at those lower levels. They really go after it, um, especially the referee descent. Get to the professional, the top leagues, and um, they get all away with a lot more. So, yeah, it's interesting that they're bringing this in and going to trial it out and see what happens. I'm not completely opposed to it, I must say. No. Well, for it's us, you know, for English fans that love football – um, aren't kind of maybe used to this idea, whereas mm. we've watched rugby league and sim bins. Um, yeah. You know, we were the other way. It was just like there was lots of sim bins and no send-offs. <laughs> we wanted more send-offs. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it would be interesting how they sort of, I guess, uh, rule on it, like what's the difference between a blue card and a yellow card, I guess. Mm. Go down a little bit. Down. How you define it. Too far. Uh, it's up, yeah, we make it big, up, up. A lot of it's to do with it, dissent, it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's uh, one such example was Italian defender dragging no. back England's by the scruff of his neck in the final of the Euro 2020, which was a penalty, and I guess a yellow, and this it would be a blue card. Yeah. Mm. Um, about Kiliani on uh, Bukaya Saka. Yeah. Interesting. See how it plays out. It's not like it's. Anything uh, pressing, it seems like it's a few years away uh, before it finds yeah. its way into into professional competition. But I like that they've announced it and they're going to have a long trial period before it uh, it actually affects games. I wonder if yeah. that will then mean we might see grassroots leagues. Like, you know, would we see that kind of thing getting used over here Possibly. sooner rather than later? Can you give yeah. uh, can you give some mums and dads a blue card? Go sit in the car for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure there's a few that deserve it. <laughs> <quite possibly. laughs> oh yeah, definitely. All right, let's uh, let's run through our on the esky final round. <laughs> UFC two nine eight is next week. Uh, it's a massive card for Aussie fight fans mm-hmm. with two of our favourite sons uh, doing battle. Uh, the featherweight. 
World Championship is up for uh, up for grabs. Alexander oh, sh- Volkanovski trying to defend yet again, uh, going up against Ilya. Vegas? Deporia. Uh, California, I think. Oh, gets right. California. Mm. Yeah, Anaheim, yeah. California. What do we think, boys? Volk, can he get it done? Is he too old? That's, <laughs> that's the rhetoric. Check out the uh, sports bet ad if you haven't. Uh, Volk going old wog things uh, in that ad. I think I saw a stat that for the featherweight division, um, the youngest fighter has won uh, in championships 15 or four fights and those four fights are all being Volk as the older uh, fighter winning. So <laughs> um, uh, Volk is the, by far the longest-handed champion now. Um, I think he's been champion, if I do the math, based on his, tw- I think it's 1,100 days, he's... Uh, four almost years? four years, yeah. Uh, so I don't know because uh, coming off the first Islam fight, going into the second Islam fight, he's coming out. He's you know um, the three to four weeks leading up to that, he was drinking every day. Um, you know, it's regular occurrence for you, Peps. Um, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Where's he, my fight? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but like I kind of like he, he was down in the dumps, like he. he Yes, he still had his featherweight belt, um, but he hadn't got got the job done. He really wasn't happy with the way he was as a person. Took that fight from very, very short notice. Um, mm. Basically got a really good deal out of it as well. Like he extended his deal with the UFC on significantly more money than what he was on. Um, but, of course, got pieced up in the first round. So by all accounts, he's gone away and trained the house down. He's been training with um, uh, Delhi, Delhi... Uh, Madvedova, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, the other Aussie um, that had been playing, uh, that had been fighting very, very well. So uh, I hope he's ready. That's the main thing. I think he's more than talented to win and can um, get the keep the belt. Um, it's just is he in the right mindset to still be champion? That's my only concern. I think it's yeah. You can't compare the Islam fight, which was taken on ten days' notice, had to travel at lightweight, at a much bigger uh, yeah, thing. exactly. I, I, I'm confident that he can go out and get this win against Deporia. Having mm. said that, Deporia is unbeaten and mm-hmm. f- by all accounts uh, an absolute weapon uh, when, it, when it comes back to the featherweight division. Uh, I've just got his uh, stats here and uh, his recent fights. He's beaten Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell, Jai Herbert, some reasonable names there yeah. in, in the UFC. But he, he hasn't kind of mm. run the gauntlet of the top five of the featherweight. No, yeah. it's because of course it's the, the nature of the yeah. division, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, you, you would think, you know, the perennial gatekeeper, he would have had a fight against Holloway in there somewhere, but um, yeah, skips over him. Ortega uh, is another one that was in that top. Um, so, yeah, it's... Also one via decision against Josh Edmund. It's not like he's gone out there and just completely pieced up guys. So I'm quietly yeah. confident that Volk can get the uh, the oh, job done. We're going to be uh, biased, of course, and want the Australian <laughs> Volk to win. I would well like to see Volk continue um, and uh, you know, keep his long title reign going. Mm. I'll, uh, I'll bring up some odds on that fight. Uh, Robert Whitaker also to take on Paolo Costa. Yeah, Volk is favourite, $1.88. Yeah, mm. it is close. Um, Tapuya is a dollar ninety-two. What do the bookies know that we don't? Because that's I, I think yeah. it's just that's closer than I would have thought. Yeah, I think it's more a reflection. You know, you just look at Volky's one and two in his last three, but of course those two losses again. So going different, up, isn't it? Yeah, going up a, up a division to fight 
you know, the best have best lightweight in the world at the moment. Mm. So, mm-hmm. uh, in, I think it's just how much does that wear on him and the age, etc. And you know, is, these are all factors that play into that. I think that's what the odds are reflecting. But I think he's just still too good. Yep. Well, the method and round they're going Volk for the TKO in the first round as your f- favorite method there. With um, again going to method of victory, Volk favorite at three dollars seventy five for the TKO. So, bookie's not thinking it's going to go to decision. What's Volk via decision? Uh, Volk via decision. No, it is close. It's three dollars ninety. Mm. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm again quietly confident. Maybe that is the Australian bias coming out in <laughs> in myself. You look at those names that Tapuru has been up against, and it's yeah. it's not like the uh, the run sheet of uh, of blokes that Volk has uh, has beaten and beaten handily and defended against multiple times. Yeah, mm. yeah. but then yeah, wear and tear comes into it a little bit. And sure, Christians, young line. I hope he wins. Alexander the Great, uh, and then. <laughs> Co-main is Whitaker mm. taking on Paulo Costa, which is an interesting fight. Um, mm. Paulo Costa is – I saw he was – a picture of him, he was 205 pounds as of like last week. So right. They were saying he had yeah, two okay. weeks to drop the last 15. He'll would, he would do that, you'd think. Uh, Normally carries a fair bit. Yeah, he carries heaps. But, you know, he'll uh, rehydrate and be probably 200 pounds in this one. Yeah. Um, it's I, – I would look at, again, want, want Robert to win, want Whittaker to get back in that conversation, get back in those things. I just worry with the power puncher, vol, you know, style of Costa, very comparable to not Faf Dupacy mm. who really <laughs> ran through Robert in the last one. So um, mm. hopefully Robert's kind of – is aware of that, can wear that style. Um, he Robert, uh, I think, struggles a little bit with the power guys so now. After, last draw. Yeah, well, Listen. he's, you know, talk about do with wear and tear. The wars he had against yeah. um, Yoel Romero, uh, I think, really um, took a bit out of his chin. Um, so, he, yeah, he, in every fight, he, he kind of, there's just a shot that knocks him down, and you just hope he can get back up before, from it and recover. And um, so, some of those fights, he comes out and fights better afterwards. So, uh, but it's, you know, When's he going to take that big shot and can he survive it? Is always my concern with uh, Whitaker at the moment. Mm. And yeah, a big dude like Paulo Costa, he's going to want to throw bombs. Got a lot of faith in there, Aussie boys. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope that it's good for us <laughs> and they come out on top. Costa yeah. did get paced up by Izzy. Had that war against Marvin Vittori and then gets a decision against Luke Rockhold. Uh, what's the age difference? Is are they reasonably similar? I think Robert would have to be older. Whitaker's thirty three and Costa is thirty two, so nothing really there of note. Yep, I'll go Bobby yep. Knuckles. Fuck it. Yeah, let's go. Um, he is favourite dollar forty five. Quite sure. Ooh. Yeah, Costa's out. It's two dollars sixty nine. It's been a hot minute, I think, since Costa's last fight. Well, and not yeah. a lot of fights because I think like this in... is the third time they've tried to book this fight. Mm. Yeah, so mm. two almost nearly two years. Yeah. Call it eighteen months since yeah. uh, since Costa since Costa's last When's fight. Whitaker's last fight. I think it might actually be comparable. Nah, no, when, no, he when, last oh, he lost it. Yeah, yeah. To not have to. Yeah, that's right. 
Drakus beat him in July of last year. Been a little bit more active. Fucking earth. John Jones over there at the doggies training. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just to finish on this. Um, on the card. Yeah. He, he and um, Gary gets his rebook fight against Jeff Neal. That'll be interesting with all the rhetoric around him being a, a cuck, essentially. Um, so, yeah. Your words, not mine. Yeah, no, that was, uh, you know, Sean Strickland and stuff, et cetera, getting stuck in him. Again, not my words, their words. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll pass that back. Um, it was uh, a Sean. Because uh, yeah, he um, – because he was on that Strickland card and he had a viral infection, which is what pulled him out. They've rebooked that fight there with Jeff Neal, who's a, a long-time veteran. That'll be interesting. Henry Cejudo and um, – how do you say – Marab. I'm not going to even try on the surname. Yeah, Marab, who – you know, this is a top bantamweight contender fight here is the fourth one mm-hmm. on this card. This card is excellent. Uh, also looks very, very tidy. And then Hernandez taking on – Roman uh, Kapolov. Kapolov. It was the last car fight on that card to round it out. So, yeah, it's a pretty tiny top-heavy card um, for UFC 298. That is a week away. Uh, thoughts on the Cejudo fight? <sighs> is he washed, I think, is the question. No. Uh, well, he goes up against... Um, he, he, went, he went the distance against Aljo. He, he like, did, he did. I don't think he's washed at all. No, and, you know, that was after a three-year layoff as Fucking well for him, yeah. coming back from retired. Uh, he has to yep. win, essentially, or I think he'll retire. Like he, he needs to, to get back in that conversation. Yep. How old is he? Um, to be, I don't think he's super old. 35? But he, he did win a gold medal, so he's probably been around for a hot minute. 37. 37. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he's kind of in that do or die stage. He needs the win to stay in, the say, the top three conversation and to hopefully maybe get O'Malley or the winner of that O'Malley-Cheeto fight next. Mm. Yeah. UFC 298, only a week away. Uh, obviously cheering on uh, Volk and Bobby Knuckles uh, and hoping for some uh, some good fights uh, there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. John Jones? Yeah. Bulldogs. Yeah. He's, he's in Australia, Canterbury training. He looked huge. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, very heavy in those, obviously, gone well, up. He's playing everywhere. He's everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> he's basically a front rower, and he, I'm not sure who he was tackling, but he hit someone onto um, the padded mat. Yeah. Uh, so that peck obviously must be good at the moment. Mm. He did kick, uh, I think, a 30 yard goal as well. So, um, uh, <laughs> made us down here, mate. Yes, okay. Well, I was converting <laughs> it for the John Jones thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, hopefully they rebook that soon. Uh, the rumour is for USC 300 for the main card because that's mm. kind of the only fight missing is um, Tom Aspen has – Aspen Oil has uh, been hinting at the fact that he's buying tickets and coming across mm. uh, and whether he has Alex Pereira um, for the heavyweight belt is the chat. So I think I talked about that last one and as they keep – Sending out the rumours that that is also potentially going to be on the cards. Mike's just bringing bring up the 300 card. The longest way possible. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> I, I quite liked it. Look at the, uh, the, Preview upcoming, of the, yeah, the yeah. upcoming fights. So yeah. just scroll down there for us, Mike, if you wouldn't mind. The uh, already uh, named very, fights very. on this he UFC did confirm, So Dana did confirm that Cody yeah. Garbrandt and uh, Figgy will be the – First fight on the main card. Bo Nickel okay. there, Calvin Catter, Yuri Brahaska and Rakic, uh, mm-hmm. Oliveira, Amran, Taksurian, Geishi, Holloway, Zhang Wei Li, Yan Jionan, um, mm-hmm. probably not the correct 
pronunciation there. Close enough. It's <laughs> it's a stack stack card. We're gonna have is. probably yeah. Well, we talked. What, the girls will be a title fight. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and it's the first Chinese only title fight as well. And then Geishi will be a title fight. Yeah. Well, that's the that's BMF. The BMF. Oh, that's for well, BMF. BMF. Yeah, and then um, they might add. They're gonna possibly add, one more. They're gonna add, uh, you know, like a one of the men's divisions title fights. I think is what they want to add to the top of this, because you know there's yeah. still heaps of interesting stories. The Holly Home and Carla Harrison, and then of course Bobby Green and Jimmy Miller down the bottom there. Mm. Jimmy Miller being at UFC 100, 200, and now three hundred, um, and it looks like Bruce will announce him as Jim Fucking Miller. <laughs> 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 this is a big story. Jim fucking Miller. Can't wait for UFC 400. <laughs> <laughs> How many years should that be away? Um, oh, well, yeah, eight? Eight? Yeah. Yeah, if you No, get, it's not... It's not eight, I think, isn't it? Well, if you have one a month. Just go... When was UFC 200? Oh, yeah, good point. Just do that and then we'll do some quick math. Um, they have been doing more events in between UFC 200 and 300. Uh, what are you doing? He's oh, going, he's you're going, going the long way. He, yes. Yeah. No, oh, he's like he's right. It's right there. 2016. Eight. There Eight we go. Is, yeah. Yeah. Boom. Drop mine. So maybe it's a little bit quicker and it's six or seven because um, they've been doing a bit more pay-per-views of late. Uh, but, yeah, a long time away. He'd be 48, 47 by that period. Yeah. Um, so unlikely, but you never know. They might roll him out um, just, for, <laughs> just for the, the pop. Zuck versus Musk. Yeah. yeah. A bit like, yeah. you know, The Rock coming back to main WrestleMania. You know, they'll wheel him out to get the, the crowd pop. <laughs> and from WWE, uh, uh, should we talk a bit of boxing? Yes. And yeah. Tyson Fury and Uzcheck, their fight I think was meant to be this week. It was very close. Very close, yeah. yeah it was one of Fury's last sparring session. He cops a loose elbow, big cut above his, I'm assuming that's right eye based on that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, can't continue with the fight. He needs the heel. Heel. Um, you know, there was a bit of back and forth in the media about who's dog and who, who's, you know, trying to avoid who. Um, but they've already rebooked it. It's going to happen in May now. Um, both have guaranteed if either of them, if they pull out of that fight, they will pay the other $10 million. So big incentive uh, to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, Francis Ngannou was on the socials and saying, well, maybe me versus Joshua for the undisputed um, leading up to that. <laughs> but, uh, so... Yeah, uh, all, all happening in the heavyweight division. So then, of course, that means Francis and Anthony will happen beforehand and Zhang and Parker, who are on the co-main for that, will also happen beforehand. So we might have some answers to a potential challenger for the winner of this fight. Right. That's really boxing. Garcia and Hanny announced today of fighting as well. That was big news. But that's about it. Bit of F1 to semi-close us out in the final round. Yep. Do you want to do yeah. uh, some new music? Oh, yeah, mate. I'll give us a little... It's been a while. Bastion <laughs> Yeah, winter off-season. Um, a lot of news. It started with Andretti being rejected for F1 um, to get the licence to put their two yep. cars on it, uh, which will be interesting. They for the next round of entries, but... Yeah, for 2026. And yep. they've said uh, you can maybe come back in 2028. Reasoning, they won't be competitive enough and there'd be it'd be more benefit to them than it would be... Uh, for and for them joining F1, yeah, in terms of like branding and yeah. valuation, but and all that sort of Andretti stuff. Andretti is probably one of, if not the biggest names in motorsport in every other category that mm. isn't F1. Yeah, they do absolutely everything else. Bit um, surprising 
the push that F1 has to get into the US yeah. and well, then knock back and it was, it was interesting because I think – who was it? It was the FIA rejected them or Formula One's management because one of them said yes and the other one said no oh, as the official kind of on. check. So – um, yeah, no, he's got it here. So FIA. FIA. Yeah, FIA yeah. approved and the Formula 1 management rejected uh. is what it says there. So, yeah, the, obviously the higher-ups in the Formula 1. So FIA is the technical guys. They said, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. technically they get, uh, they're all compliant and they can enter. That's for all motorsport yeah. as well, not yeah. just F1. And Formula 1 management have rejected them saying, no, you're not going to be competitive we don't want you on the back end of the, of the field. I think it's a bit harsh. I think they could have, you know, Considering where Haas is at the moment, they could have been competitive like them. They are one of the biggest – they have all the motorsport kind of history, uh, mm. one of the biggest teams across all the other kind of categories. I think they could have been successful. But also, how are they going to be competitive if they're not allowed to compete? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, it started off like that and that was kind of big news. And then out of, the big out of left field, Lewis Hamilton's was like, fuck that. Is hold my beer. I'm going to the Ferrari. Um, <laughs> Can you put that into terms that the uh, casual might understand? What's what's it like? Is it like it's like is it like it's, Tom Brady? It's Tom Brady. Yeah, but it's Patriots like Tom Brady to... still signed with the Patriots, saying you're not good enough anymore. I'm going to Ferrari. Mm. Yeah, because he's he will see out this season, yep. and it's of course it's very, that's very rugby league. Yeah, also very rugby league. Yeah, um, and he will uh, go to Ferrari in 2025, which means Carlos Sainz is out because we, mm-hmm. as we mentioned the last body. Claire had redone his deal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And I kind of get it because Mercedes were consistent, you know, top five competitors, mm-hmm. but they didn't push Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ferrari weren't consistent but had the pace, got the pole positions, um, just couldn't win races, but they were definitely competitive. So I wonder if um, he can see that and maybe he's just like um, – uh, can see that, that that way forward and has joined uh, Ferrari with that future. Noting, of course, Fred Voss, the worst, um, their team principal, he worked with an FP2, so there's a bit of connection there. Um, and, yeah, mm. and it did also come the day after he test-driven the Mercedes for this year. So whether he uh, sat in that car and was like, fuck this, I'm out, <laughs> uh, was also, <laughs> yeah, was also in the conversation. But... He's won championships. He won with McLaren when I think they were McLaren Mercedes. And then when they split off, he's won world championships mm-hmm. with Mercedes. If he then won world championships with Ferrari, he would basically complete the big trifecta of teams outside of you know, the recent Red Bull. But of the historical teams, they're the big ones, um, So which would be huge uh, announcement. I think he's going to get like 100 mil or something um, for his time at Ferrari, uh, which is a lot of money. Um, I did see their share price. I think up six percent. Been up six percent. I think it's gone up eight since uh, since then. Um, so you know, Ferrari fans very hyped about that. Getting one of, if not the best driver on the on the circuit of at the moment um, is very very impressive. So, Big things. Mm. So their value went up six billion Aussie dollars yep. with this signing. Yeah, it's obscene, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll obviously. Whatever whatever happens as he goes to Ferrari, uh, he's already made him just with the signing. Yeah, and that's the you know that's the big thing in F- has been in F one for big time for a long time with the um, auto manufacturer back teams. It's you know what is it? Are you when do they do mostly their races Sunday? You win on Sunday, you sell yep. cars on Monday. Mm. Um, mm. So you know 
having someone like Lewis Hamilton Ferrari hypes it up and then gets people interested in in the brand. So yeah, a massive deal for them. And I think very very good. They've been mm. pinching engineers from Mercedes and Red Bull over the last year. I think they're on the cusp for hopefully a bright future and adding someone like Lewis Hamilton, you know, again, veteran presence to the young Charles, one of those guys will be competitive. Well, I, I know for sure, speaking for myself, uh, rather than my next car being a Toyota, it would certainly be a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> On this news alone. <laughs> of course, of yeah. course. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season because we're in the winter off season as well. And yeah. There's lots of, lots of stuff happening. Um, but the – with this, there's 14 drivers of the 20 on the on the um, circuit uh, that are off contract at the end of this season. Mm. So mm-hmm. coming into 2025 is going to be a yeah, big change. I think even then a lot of teams might do one-year deals so they can set yep. them up for this 2026 kind of switch over when they change the regulations and the cars switch up a fair bit mm. that they might want to then reset what they what they do. There's a pool um, of F2 champions as well yeah. that have got no well, seats. And exactly, like Jack Doohan is yep. um, is sitting around for us Australian fans. He's, he's the Alpine reserve driver, I think. Um, he's yeah, one, he's one of the reserve. Season, I think. He's, he's this year as well. He's one of the reserve drivers as well. Yeah, Alpine. So, you know, another young fellow. There's plenty, like I said, there's 20 spots. There's plenty of yeah. great talent um, coming through um, the ranks that want to be involved. Um, so with Lewis moving, means there's a seat now open at Mercedes and then everyone's name gets thrown in there. Mm. Is Ricardo going? Is Perez going to get booted and go there? Um, are they going to bring <laughs> up Ocon going to come across? Like, yeah, it's going to be silly season. Um uh, for the driver moves, and I guess the big thing is Netflix hasn't started shooting yet because it's not the start mm. of the season. <laughs> They'd be kicking themselves that Drive to Survive mm. hasn't started um, for this season. But anyway, following on for the news, we had all the livery reveals going on. Most of them, um, I think the big thing is it's been a bit boring with a lot of the colour disappearing and a lot of the carbon fibre um, <laughs> kind, of, kind of going the way of um, uh, car shows at the moment with a big major car builds and the like, um, having exposed carbon is very, very in. Um, so they're following mm. the same kind of uh, process but also saves uh, weight and mm. cost for them. Mm. So, you know, get under that cost cap, let's not paint the cars. So there's going to be a lot of carbon fibre, carbon fibre black, charcoal kind of colour uh, with some accent colours, stakes gone green. I think um, Visa Cash App are now uh, the um, – what were they last year? They weren't Toro Rosso. They were Alpha Tori. Um, uh, one of the nicer colours because they're very, very blue. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of the other ones have gone with the dark colours. Ferrari, Mercedes, the only ones not. So I've seen a lot of jokes about um, you can watch your TV in black and white because all the cars <laughs> uh, are essentially that, which is a bit unfortunate, but, you know, they're doing what yeah. they need to do. Yeah. A couple of colours, but very, very dark this year for race cars. I do like the green on the steak or yeah. steak, not steak. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the last big news, Kristen Horner. Um, being uh, accused of official complaint for I think the best way to explain it is aggressive behaviour, um, you know, being detri- being uh, very uh, in your face uh, towards a female staffer. So, you know, the allegations when the first being reported – um, didn't really start like that because a you know female staffer. It's not usually what comes out, mm. but it's inappropriate behaviour in the sense that he's, you know, 
and if you've if you've watched Drafts to Survive, you know what kind of dude Christian Horner is. If you're underperforming and not hitting the milestone, mm. he's going to tell you about it. Probably yep. use a lot of expletives in the process. Mm-hmm. That's kind of you know the the, the character you see throughout this. Um, and obviously, you know, this stuff has come forward and made the accusations and then teams will look into it. The interesting thing is the conspiracy that comes into this with, um, you know, Max Verstappen has loyalty to Helmut Marco and to his dad. By all accounts, Kristen's um, relationship with Marco and um, Joss uh, Verstappen has uh, fallen apart. Mm. Um, so, and this was first mm. reported in Netherlands, teams mm-hmm. based in Austria. Mm-hmm. Um which of course is where I think both Marco and Verstappen is. So uh, whether a bit of that came out of there as well, but they think it's a bit of a power struggle to force him out to then get um, essentially a yes man to be, you know, the replacement as the team principal. So Marco and um, Josh and I guess Max Verstappen are then Max Verstappen's very happy. His dad's happy. And Marco is, you know, overseeing the team has his control back. Uh, So, you know, all the rumors floating about they've, Supposedly finished the investigation today. No official announcement on his job. Mm. That may mm. come in the coming days. But very, very interesting. It looks like um, some people want him out. Mm. Um, and that, of course, follows on. That's a big point there with the co-founder, Billy Nair, uh, who died uh, last, last year. year. Uh, don't, don't make me try to yeah. say his name, unfortunately. Dietrich Machitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind Mach-shits. of that's kind of shifted, I guess, the whole power structure. Um, and in, you know... This kind of league where it's you know, big dick swinging on the table, trying to see who's got the biggest. Um, you can see this kind of politics and power struggle happening in the back back rooms, uh, and yeah, it looks like they all want Christian gone. So this may have been their tactic. I hope not. I hope it's just you know, it seems uh, weird, just like, a HR complaint. But yeah, I mean, they seem so dominant, and their performance isn't going to drop anytime soon. So I don't understand why this would be happening. Like even if – But he, he's a dude that demands perfection. You can 100% see that. Mm, so mm. And I think if you're not meeting that level of standard, he's going to call it out. Yep. And I mean, knowing him, it'll be like, do your fucking job. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. would get stuck in. True, but like Max has got nothing to worry about. So I don't – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, but you know, if his dad's not happy with the way Christian Horner is going to happen – you know, their, their relationship, who's he going to back? He's going to back the old man. And since Marco, you know, got him into the league and really helped him out and if that relationship's going to go on, who's he going to back Marco? How do you keep Max yeah. happy? Get Christian out the door. Can we Can he, is he, Can he? we just make him leave? Uh, probably not. Do we have some – You think game? Max has that much power? He's two-time world champion. He's mm. best driver at the moment. If they want to keep selling Red Bulls, which they do, mm. and win championships, which they also want to do – yeah, Max is their best way to do that. Mm. But yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, again, conspiracy, Tim, yeah. th- Tim Fall hat. It could just be <laughs> that he's an asshole, which is also probable. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the HR complaints coming out. Yep. We will see. I suppose uh, we'll never days. know the true story either way. Yeah, exactly. Bummer, drive to survive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be fun. <laughs> They're like, fuck it, we're going to have to film the, next off season. The, there's the real conspiracy. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to be in the factories filming everyone and get it's, all the, Yeah, it's may, all on. Maybe Netflix. they should do that. Make a F1, like an office series, but it's F1. So they're just in the factories, just following <laughs> people around. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, should we wrap it up with a little yeah, bit? Yeah, finish with the league. And then yeah, b- bit of a look ahead to the rugby league season. Uh, we've got 
the trial games and the Indigenous mm-hmm. versus Murray All-Stars just a week away. Lots of uh, question marks around who will actually be playing in, in the mm-hmm. round one games in mm-hmm. Vegas. Uh, some visa issues, but everyone's good to go. The Vegas as, dozen, as, as of I said, today. The 12 of them. Yeah, all good to go. Uh, the big interesting ones were Reese Walsh, the Cheese, yep. Luke Brooks. Yep. And I think Latrell and Jack were the, like the five kind of big ones that had to come into Sydney to um, go to the embassy to you know, plead their case essentially for their various uh, arrests, etc. Um, and by all accounts, they're happy. Um, they've announced giving them more visas. So everyone's good to go. Rugby league didn't rugby league in this case. <laughs> we, they got the job done. Uh, maybe a little bit last minute, but uh, at least uh, everyone will be there. All the they stars will be on show. Very about it. Uh, and a very good video came out today voiced by Russell Crowe to help promote uh, in the US. Um, you know, no timeouts, no pads, um, all, all, all just fury. Um, few concussions in the in the, the highlights. Um, they're trying to sell, of course, the, their next run of media, trying to sell some more tickets to get people out to the event. They're going to get a sellout? Allegiant 60,000, 65,000? What, what would look good in there? Half? Three. At least half. I think if they get 40,000, it'd be up. Yeah, 40,000 would be good. I think that's the trick. How, they, many, how many Aussies do you think are travelling for it? 10, 15,000? Maybe. I reckon. Uh, Maybe. I think that's a ballpark. What else is happening? I don't think that, that's the thing. You, you could go – if you had the cash, you could go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> now. Ha- have a few weeks and then and then go to round one. I don't think uh, holidaying in Vegas for two weeks, <laughs> two or three weeks is good <laughs> for, the, for the back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> There's 15,000 people that had planned to go and then 1,000 yeah. rock up. Yeah. Vegas has them now. Yeah. I, I, I had put my, put my tickets on the blackjack table and I lost them. Up. What's it, 65,000? 65 for NFL – can go up to 72. That's uh, for, for events, so 60, that's the field. 61 for a soccer, soccer pitch. All right, so I don't know. If they get it half full, that's, they've done well there, I would have thought. Yeah. Do you reckon they just throw out a whole heap of free tickets to anyone on the street? Yeah, maybe. Could you imagine? <laughs> free tickets to the, the Vegas critters? What, those <laughs> nine cents tickets to Panthers games? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, let's, hope, let's hope it's a good crowd. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm bloody excited and I think this is very novel, but uh, I think it adds a little bit more excitement to the start of the of the league season this year. Yeah. It's also a very different sort of stadium than they've ever kind of played before. Yeah, 100%. Well. 100%. And like outside of – well, it's not ANZ, um, was it a court, which is 80? Yeah, yeah. That's – you know, most of the grounds they play at are much smaller than that. Uh, Joey Manu is going to go over to French rugby. That's the reports. He's going to see how he's deal this year, but he said that's what he's going to do. Probably get paid a, a pretty penny for that for 2025. Uh, but you would think an NRL club would, could try and keep him around. But uh, I'll get offered twice as much to go play French rugby. Exactly. That seems like the case mm. at the moment. And Campbell Graham uh, officially scratched uh, from the, the one, first half it? of the year. Yeah, having to have surgery now after – uh, what was it, the in, infusion? They tried work? a bone infusion, something that's normally tried on people with osteoporosis essentially. Uh, I, I assume <laughs> that there was a whole bunch of uh, side effects or risks uh, um, with with um, fixing his sternum surgically because he had shoulder surgery yeah. uh, in the off-season. So I think it may be some timing in it as well. Like if they th- thought it was going to be successful, then, you know, he could start most of the season 
get play in the season, whereas now he won't play until at least mid past the season. So mm. for him, of course, that misses origin period, et cetera. And mm. He was definitely in that potential squad. It's, yeah, um, it's very close last um, year, wasn't he? Yeah, and, you know, with Madge taking it over, he, he could maybe get a be one of those guys to replace it for the new blood that gets into that squad. Um, so maybe some of that played in that, like he was opting for like, you know, 50-50, let's take the 50% chance in the third surgery. And if it doesn't work, like I'm, I'm going to have to have the surgery anyway and miss most of the start of the season, then I'll just do it. The there's the there's got to so. be a reason that mm. past our, our little pea brains. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, looking at it, you'd think, well, if you're having your shoulder, why don't you just get your sternum done so at the same time? I think the, the, the good thing, I guess, for South then that opens up, um, who was Jack White and replacing? Because I'm assuming they're going to slide straight back into the side to um, play uh, in the centres. for. I think it was Tass. Uh, I'll chase that up. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Isaiah Tass will re- essentially retain his, spot, retain yeah. his, his centre spot uh, with White and going over to, to the other wing. Mm-hmm. Played 39 games last year. Um, pretty much played every game last mm-hmm. year for, for South. Uh, so I think it'll be Tass that, that keeps his centre spot for the first half of the year. Yep. Um, Rumour Mill as well. Um, with Madge becoming the New South Wales coach, uh, Jack Whiten has put his hand up potentially make a return back to Origin. Out of retirement. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's some rumours that he, uh, of course, didn't like the way he was handled, the way he was kind of playing mm. uh, under mm. under Brad. So, you know, it was just like stuff you him out. Um, you know, fresh idea, fresh blood, et cetera. Mm. He wants to, wants to maybe give it a go. Who cares? Yeah. Queensland's going to win again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Really hope not. Uh, uh, that's it for everyone. Any final so. final comments? I think I just saw uh, Zamir Joseph is going to LSG to replace Mark Wood. There so you maybe go. he will get into the IPL. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Old uh, Shamar Joseph, the mm. turning uh, the cricket world on its head a couple of weeks ago, and we thought. Oh gosh! Hopefully he gets to play a bit more Test cricket. Hopefully this doesn't <laughs> impede on uh, on his future. But yeah, it looks like yeah. he might be playing a bit of IPL uh, sooner than than what we'd expect him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you to those that have listened. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Enjoy your Super Bowl Monday or Sunday if you're over in the mm-hmm. states. Uh, we do have uh, finals for the Asian Cup upcoming. We've got NBA All-Stars upcoming and the league and AFL seasons just around the corner. We will preview those in full during the next ep. Uh, we're down the coast next week, so we'll yep. be back in a few weeks. Uh, until then, uh, enjoy your sporting endeavours and uh, tune in to the ESCI. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.